This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. Comic Book Click is on Patreon, guys. For as little as $0.10 cents a day or $3 a month, not only can you help keep the lights on here at Comic Book Click headquarters, but your donation gives you access to exclusive content like CBC commentaries, polls where you can choose what content we cover next, and special behind-the-scenes footage of things here at Comic Book Click. Visit Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse today and become a Patreon. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don, and if you're here, you're only here for one reason, and that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by ComicBookClick.com, and as always, I am never alone. Sir, can you please introduce yourself? We are mad. (laughs) We are Dan the Comic Book Man. Yeah, Dan the Comic Book Man is here in rare form. You know, Dan, we've been doing this podcast for quite some time. You might Almost four actually years. have four years gonna be. You might actually have the most episodes ranked up as co-host. I'm almost certain at this point that you do. Um I almost couldn't do this podcast without you. It's almost a symbiotic relationship, if you will. And so it was pretty apropos that we would come back to the table and talk about a other symbiotic relationship the much talked about venom 2 post credit scene and i guess we'll also talk about venom 2 <laughs> <as> we, <laughs> great great cool. we talk about the post credit scene for two hours that's all i want to talk about and then we'll talk we'll do it in reverse sometimes watching movies in reverse is fantastic if you watch godzilla in reverse it's about a uh, lizard that puts together a city Comes out of the water, moon walks out of the water, puts together a city, and everybody is happier for it. So just never watch the movie Irreversible. Just don't oh, watch that movie, people. Oh, oh dear. No, but we had a hell of a task on our hands. Venom 2 came out. This was already on the schedule. Um, and about 24 hours before I saw it, I saw a clip of this movie circulating on YouTube. And I was like, oh boy, because I was not impressed. I would go on to then send that clip to Dan, the comic book movie man. And he's like, this is going to be bad, isn't it? And I said, you know what? Don't even worry about it, Dan. We're in the business of going and watching these films, good, bad, or indifferent, for the sake of having these conversations with the members of Comic Book Click and the listeners of the Major Issues Podcast. Well, 10, which was worse, is might as well. Yeah, I, I, Dark Phoenixes and Hellboys. I sincerely underestimated the, I guess the proper word would be venom that you would have for this film <laughs> after seeing it later. The just- malice is palpable. <laughs> yeah, I, there's very few films. I mean, first of all, first and foremost, full transparency. When I was in New York, there was very f- few of these films that we didn't see together. You know, yes. and so we could share some of the good or bad moments, you know, alongside each other. But seeing this separate, you know, kind of take a, took away any kind of redeeming quality of a moving theater experience that we're used to. Um, and you were not happy with this film. <laughs> not one bit. No. Spoiler free. Can you let the people know what you think about Venom 2? Oh, this is the worst comic book movie I have seen in years. <laughs> this is this is this is bad. This, and I can't even count the which was worses because those are movies that we know are bad. 
yeah. and we're going back to try and find good things about them. Like we right. know Batman versus uh, right, Batman versus Superman or uh, Batman and Robin or Superman four. We know these are not really good movies, right? But this was a brand new movie, but it also had no it had no strength for me. Like the Venom one was bad. I yeah. think Venom one is bad. Is it the worst comic book movie I've ever saw? No, because it, there's a lot of moments where I can go back and watch it. But this, this is the same movie. We should not still <laughs> the relationship of Venom and Eddie. The relationship okay. that Venom and Eddie have in this movie should have been long solved by the ending of the first movie, which I thought it was, but it wasn't. Yeah. At all. The only good thing that I could say about my theater experience was that there was two girls sitting behind me, and I think one of them was a comic nerd because mm -hmm. I kept hearing her shit talk the movie too. Yeah. Like, oh, this isn't supposed <laughs> to happen. This isn't how yeah. this has happened. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I, there was like three other people in that, like literally, no, I'd say like five, five people in that theater, and we all managed to sit in the same row. So now that you say it it is kind of similar like even to the point of the end credit being like oh this is a much more interesting character you'd want to see it than anything that's been going on so far like when we watched first venom first venom like no one gave a damn about uh damn it. can you even remember his name the name of the other venom um riot uh, right i was gonna say rocket <laughs> rocket. Well, it was, there was a rocket in the third. Yeah, there was a rocket in the third act. So you you weren't too far away. But yeah, no one was really caring about Riot. So when you saw Carnage, you're like, oh shit. And the same thing with the end credit here. Um, what when I got out of watching the film, I remember I went into the group chat, the major issues group chat, and I said that this, in my opinion, this film relies a lot on you know good or bad, depending on how you feel about it on the comedic timing of you know uh tom hardy as eddie brock and venom george he's he's not supposed to be a deadpool he's not supposed to be ryan reynolds i don't yeah. go we literally three years ago when we were doing the first movie we yeah. covered the night of the symbiote or symbiote saga or whatever yeah how scary and destructive did Venom look in every single adaptation that Venom has ever been in? He is this giant monster of a man. It's terrifying. His, <laughs> his tongue is always out. Always oozing licking green, things. Oozing green uh, fluid of some, of some sort. And he always speaks about just the destruction of Spider-Man. So oh, take a shot in this film every time you hear Lethal Protector. Take a single shot in this film every yep. time. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it right now. Every time they just slip that in. And I don't know if you heard last week's podcast. I was talking to Alex about Maximum Carnage. And I'm like, I would to I totally see the beginning of this film as a montage of him saving people's lives. You know, because he, ha he should be, at this point, the lethal protector. We've already established that in the last film. So it has to be in this film. And no, none of, none of that's going on. All, He's all, not really all I'm going to do is eat live chickens and M&M's. That's all I'm gonna fucking do is eat live chicken. <laughs> I was. Oh, sorry, I can't even eat my two pet chickens. Sonny and Cher are best friends. 
Oh my god, bro! It, oh my god! Th- it, this film, I, 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 I'm we, I'm whittling it down. To me, is just wacky, and that's not the fucking flavor I want my venom to be. Wacky, like of all of all flavors, like depressing. Uh, you know, um, fucking. Uh, what existential? You're like, what is life? What is me? What is you? What happens when we come together? Which we got you know, that identity, all that kind of stuff. But then, like, but then, like, wacky. Like this, this, this uh, movie. In my opinion, three fourths of it weighs on, or puts its weight on the stop hitting yourself joke. <laughs> like, you, explained, no, you explained it perfect. Bro, this movie is me, myself, and Irene. Yeah. This movie yeah. is God, myself, and Irene. It, it's leaves of grass. It's it, it it's a writer, not writer's block. Um, what's that damn Nick Cage movie? Adapted. It's damn adapted. It's it, just you it's know what it is. You know what it is. At certain points, it's liar, liar. <laughs> at certain points, it's liar, liar. As Eddie tries not to do something, but his body just chooses to do something else and betray him. Uh, it's like like slapping Doctor Dan in the face. Sorry, right. sorry. I'm just gonna slap you. Really I told you, stop hitting yourself. That's the that's the main joke in this. It's just stop hitting yourself. There's just so much. There's so much bad in yeah. this movie. It's just it it goes nowhere. This movie says nothing. It yeah. goes nowhere. You could literally write two sentences about the plot of this movie. Yeah. Carnage is out. Must be stopped. Venom and Eddie stop being friends for most. Like, what is? <laughs> let's get it, let's get it, let's get into this. Let's get into this. Let's get into this. Please. Let me do the background up up front. Venom: Let There Be Carnage, which we'll be talking about today, is a 2021 American superhero film featuring the Marvel Comics character Venom, produced by Columbia Pictures in association with Marvel and Tencent Pictures. Distributed by Sony Pictures, releasing it is the second film in the Sony Spider-Man universe and a sequel to Venom 2018. Second film in the Sony Spider-Man universe. So we're just going to like, you know, fuck those other five films that existed before it. Well, that wasn't, they didn't have the universe then. Now it has the universe. Yep. The film is directed by Andy Serkis, who most people know as a brilliant motion capture artist alongside being a brilliant actor. My man um, is Caesar in, in Planet of the Apes. He's fucking Gollum in Lord of the Rings. He was freaking um, Snoke in the Star Wars movies. And Ulysses Claw in and Black Panther. The fa- and the famous Ulysses Claw that didn't make it more than 45 minutes into the movie. Nope. Um, this was a screenplay by Kelly Marcel. Maybe that's why I have and to Tom Hardy. Out. Let's not. What? Let, no, yes, yes. A story by Tom Hardy, based on a story she wrote with Tom Hardy. I'm gonna go check out what this Marcel Marceau character. <laughs> Marcellus Wallace. Marcellus Wallace. Does she look like a bitch? Um. Uh. So she wrote. Well, she co-wrote Cru- Cruella. So that actually makes a lot of fucking sense. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. There you go. Uh, she wrote Saving Mr. Banks. She wrote Fifty Shades of Grey, Cruella, Venom. Uh, Venom so, she, so she wrote the fucking biopic on Walt Disney and Julia Andrews pushing Sound of Music. Yeah, 100%. She wrote, she, she wrote the Maleficent version of Cruella DeVille. Mm-hmm. And she allowed Tom Hardy to, to be Tom Hardy and write this with him. Cause you, I can, I'm literally looking in theaters like, oh, this is something Tom Hardy definitely wanted to do. This is a direction Tom Hardy definitely wanted to take this character in. 
that this is all Tom Hardy. And as much as I don't want to blame the guy, buddy, what are you doing? I feel like they threw out everything but the fact that he has an alien attached to him. Like, this could have been anything. Like, if, if, if it wasn't a Marvel film, I can totally see this film actually being a funny franchise of this guy and this weird alien that came out of nowhere that is attached to him. And Bro, can't it's it upgrade with aliens, though. It's upgrade with <laughs> aliens. Mr. Sunday movie is called Upgrade the Better Venom Movie. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. It is. This is Venom. This is Upgrade with an alien. <laughs> like, I'd rather watch Upgrade again. Yeah. Well, well, Tom Hardy stars in the film as Eddie Brock and Venom, alongside Michelle Williams, who barely does anything, Naomi Harris, Reed Scott, Stephen Graham, Woody Harrelson. In the film, Brock tries to reignite his career in journalism by interviewing serial killer Cletus Cassidy, who becomes the host of the alien symbiote spawn of Venom named Carnage. Which, Venom- where, does that, where does that even... You know, how forced was that? Mm. Like the ending of the movie, the way the first movie ended, yeah. you know, they're back together, uh, him and the symbiote, you know, everything is fine. And now he's, he's just riding off into the sunset of San Francisco, basically, you know, mm. the Michelle Williams is definitely staying with Dr. Dan. So he doesn't have her. Yeah. But then the, the second movie opens and it's like, we're already established years into this man's redemption. What also, They seem to go to the X-Men school of sequels where, you know, like in Apocalypse, Jean Grey did the Phoenix Force and then they just kind of ignore that whole fact. We saw these two meet at the end of Venom, right? Like we saw that whole thing. Yes. But this movie starts seemingly, you know, and when we meet uh, Eddie Brock, it starts with, hey, Cletus Cassidy only wants to talk to you. Well, we saw that. We saw that with the curly hair, with the orphan Annie hair. You know, and this Looking is like, like fucking uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor's father. Ridiculous. So it turns out that Venom was intended to be a start of a new shared universe and plans for a sequel began during production of the first film, which is never a good sign. Like, if, never. make your first movie first and then we'll see how That's this all goes. That is actually my problem with TV shows. I'm not going to lie. There has been a lot of times where TV shows will be on its second episode of its first season. You go to its, its Wikipedia page. Oh, seasons, season two already re, uh, confirmed, renewed for the next two seasons. Like, bro, how do you know that this show is not going to flop by episode eight and get canceled? Mm, yep. And you're already renewing the second season before the third episode? They're getting ahead of themselves. So that's what, and movies do the same thing. Movies do the same thing. They're like, you know what? Let's, let's do a first Venom movie, but make it a franchise. But how do you know the first Venom movie is not going to flop? Shh, franchise. Mm. Franchise. That's all these movie studios care about. They say, they say that Circus was hired as director uh, in August of 2019, partially due to his experience working with CGI and motion capture technology, which was important because they had now two symbiotes they had to worry about. Um, no, and I 100%, if you were going to have any director direct this movie, Andy Circus is the best person that you can have direct. That's why I have not once talked shit about him yet. In the 24 hours it's been since I've seen this movie, I have not said one bad thing about Andy Circus. Yeah. It's all the story. It's all the writing. It's why did you want to take the character in this direction? Yeah. Not only are you neutering Venom, you're essentially neutering Cletus Cassidy too. One of the what? most psychotic Marvel villains 
ever like he's the he's the answer to DC's Joker. He's yeah. truly that answer. Yeah. And yeah. this is what you do to him. You put him in a snakeskin leather leather suit looking like Caster Troy from <laughs> Face Off. All you need is a bunch of doves. And you'd be straight. And the <laughs> and the gold and the gold berettas. Maybe maybe Nicholas Cage should have been Carnage. <laughs> oh God! Listen, if Nicholas Cage was Carnage, I wouldn't be talking one bad word about this movie. I what, wouldn't. What's interested um, is that you know it says that the film was primarily inspired by the comic book arc Maximum Carnage. We actually reviewed that last week. Yes, um, but what? But, but was it George? Because you no, read it, it wasn't. You... It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> Uh, it, it has Shriek's in it. Shriek is, gets introduced in Maximum Carnage, but there's no romantic tie to um, Cletus Cassidy. Shriek. Oh, so is, there's no, there's no romantic poetry writing Cletus Cassidy. The no, wind beneath no, your wings. No, it's it's weird. Uh, he he is in Ravencroft, and he gets the sim. You know, he already has the symbiote in him. He uses it to kill a bunch of people, and then he hears somebody clapping. Uh, when he goes to see who it is, it's her, and she's like, "Oh my God, you're so great at killing! Can I help you kill?" He's like, "Eh, I, then you know, I, I I don't want anyone to help me kill." And she was like, "Yeah, but we can kill twice as many people if I come." And that's basically it. So they <laughs> start hanging out and they start killing each other. There's no, there's no background, which uh, is literally what the Harley Quinn Joker relationship should have been. Yeah, that's Just what Joker uh, being reluctant about taking on a sidekick and the sidekick not wanting to be, have romantic ties to him, but more so. Hey, we could kill together. Like we could, we could do this thing. That would have been a, that's that's actually not a bad relationship wise in the comic book. So I kind of approve of that. No, I but like then that. they 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 show almost no malice in Francis as we meet her later on, and then all of a sudden she's just down to kill. And I mean, I guess I guess she was captured and stuff. But um, I mean, they they were in. Is that all right? So this is the question that I was ha I was having in my head, and when I'm sitting in theaters. My phone goes on airplane mode and in my pocket because yeah. I can't miss a thing. So St. Ives, <laughs> that St. Ives, um, Esther, St. Esther, mm -hmm. is that the same? Is that supposed to be the same home that uh, Russell was in in Deadpool 2? I can or find that out Deadpool for you. Deadpool 2 one supposed to be Ravencroft that they couldn't say it. Let me, I'll find that, I'll find that out <clears> for you, but continue to talk. All right. So basically fans of the click, I just want you all to know that. <laughs> I just want you all to know that good old Cletus Cassidy is one of the worst adaptations that I have ever seen in my really? entire life. Uh, this is terrible. It is absolutely terrible. The fact that they keep holding on his face in almost every scene, just wanting him to make it's like they said, all right, we're going to put the camera right in your face. Make the most quirky facial expressions you can make. It all right. I'm going to go mad and then I'm going to go happy. And I'm going to say, I won't kill you all. Fuck Cletus Cassidy, bro. <laughs> Fuck. I Fuck mean, it. it's ended. It, I can't stand it. Um, it doesn't, I don't think it says what the, what the, I see the headmaster. Uh, it just says the Mutant Re-Education Center. Um, then, so that's, Essex, so I think that's, Essex Mutant Re- But I think that's what they were trying to go for. No, that's I think that's what that and in Deadpool 2, Russell's the... Because it's literally the same thing. It's like an orphanage church yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. But I think both of those, St. Esther and Russell's place is supposed to be the Essex Corp. Right. Like the, yeah. So Which, I, why can you say it? Do you not have money? Enough money I, I, to say I, I, I'm almost certain that um, Carnage or cletus that is his origin he's you know he's at the at the orphanage 
um, and you know keeps killing, and and then he gets arrested. But she doesn't have any of that. She, her actual background in the comic was that she was a low level, like um, criminal, and then Cloak from Cloak and Dagger brought her into his void, and she went crazy, and in doing so, she was locked up into Ravencroft, and then gets released because of Carnage. So Cloak is responsible for making a villain. Great. Yeah, they go through it's a, it's it's pretty cool how they go through that in, in the in Maximum Carnage. But um, let's see. So uh, la, 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 it it made so far one hundred and three point nine million on a budget of one hundred and ten. So it's it's getting there. Um, and it's obviously and it's only the third day, so it's not like it, it's not gonna. Fl- I'm telling you right now, the movie's not gonna flop financially. It's yeah. not going to be a financial flop. It'll be successful. Will it be good? No. Because literally I don't I personally don't care about money. I don't care what your what your movie makes. Mm. Avatar is one of the high is the is the highest grossing movie of all time. But I know 20 people that hate that movie. Mm. And I can find more. Yeah, so it says uh <laughs> it says that as of night like as of the writing of this report, um, it has an approval rating of fifty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which again, which is also have more than. Wait, no, I think that's less than the first movie. I think the first movie had like a sixty five. Yeah, uh, Roper from the Chicago Sun Times uh, said it was My a two boy, out of four. Richard two, Roper. two out of four stars. Uh, he says the vehicle runs out of gas halfway through the yawner of a climax. Nope. <laughs> it's a, listen. Y'all have to understand, Richard Roper knows what he's talking about. Yeah. He was he was trained by by Roger Ebert. Yep. Like he know Richard Roper knows what he's talking about. And he's one of the what I love about Richard Roper is he can enjoy movies like this. Yeah. Like he can go into a movie that's supposed to be a popcorn flick, shut your brain off, understand that's the kind of movie it is, and review it based on that. He won't review a movie that he knows is supposed to, like Bumblebee. He won't watch a movie like Bumblebee saying the physics didn't make any sense. So this is this movie would never sell. He will go into it like, oh, the acting with Haley Steinfeld was great. And I liked a lot of the most like he can actually understand what a movie is supposed to be and then review the movie based on what it's supposed to be. Not uh, what, what not just is, it yeah. overall a movie. It's funny because Barry Hertz of the Globe and Mail said that he praised the film's mid-credit scene, but described the rest of the film as ugly, cheap, dumb but not good, dumb, and a throwaway kind of trashy nothingness. <laughs> that is my—he took the words right out of my mouth. That's absolutely ridiculous. But I would like you to know, Dan, before we get into this review, that in August 2018, Tom Hardy confirmed that he was signed on to star in a third Venom film. In September 2021, Hardy stated that he was deeply invested in the Venom films while acknowledging that the future may include elements of the multiverse. Circus also stated that Spider-Man will eventually cross over with the Venom films, though he believed that there were additional films that needed to take place first. The filmmaker stated that he would like to return as a director on a sequel, while the other supervillains, while what, while that other supervillain residents of Ravencroft may factor into additional films. Um, and in you September, know what? if Andy Circus wants to direct the third movie, and if uh, look, I will only accept the third movie if the third movie is literally called Venom: The Lethal Protector. I don't even Call know. It- I don't even know about that because it's like what if this is 
all we're gonna I don't see them changing direction. So if this nope. is all we're gonna get for the third time, I think I can sit just the, accept this it. Third one just out accept it at this point. A little bit. I think I can wait on the third one. Um Oh no, I don't I I don't want to watch the third one. So if any of our fellow co hosts are listening on Wednesday, please call the third one so I don't have to call it. <laughs> so um uh, let's let's are you ready to get into it full spoilers? let's get into this damn thing okay so our sequel opens up on saint esther's where we see a young cletus cassidy and francis what was her last name uh it was a b bar bar something right boudoir i think or it was not, it was not boudoir it was baron <laughs> baronson Francis Barrison, oh. which I'll be calling Shriek, well, you know, more as we get closer. I'm going to call her Black Canary because she's literally the same. That's racist, Dan. No, the I'm Black joking. Canary I'm is joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. So uh, <laughs> we see Cletus and Francis as they discuss the fact that Francis is being taken away because her mutations are advancing. So this is a big deal because it's a Sony movie talking about mutations, mutants and stuff. You know, this could be a no, but they're sign. allowed to more than... No, Disney actually, Studios. Fox was supposed to. Fox oh, is the right. owner no, of the Sony Fox. That's right. Yeah, so the idea that they're talking about is, is a little interesting there. Most interesting about this scene, the creative choice to use Woody Harrelson's real voice. For so young... that was his voice? <laughs> yes, it was. It was... So that Come was on, his bro. Voice. Come on, bro. That was, that was a 50-year-old Woody Harrelson <laughs> uh, that they just ADR'd no, over young no, Cletus they can't Cassidy. take you from me. They can't take, take my from dying with my only light. They can't do it. Uh, we're supposed to be together. As she's being escorted away in an armed vehicle, she uses her mutation, which allows her to emit a sonic scream to cause the vehicle to flip as she lunges at the accompanying guard. Upon second watch, I finally noticed the name tag because when they did that reveal at the end, I'm like, yesterday, I'm like, wait a minute. That's the same cop. What? Yeah, yeah. And then today I'm rewatching the movie and I see that they actually put framed it to show his name tag and I'm like, oh yep. shit. And then the and then the I ear thing, the, the earpiece that they keep alluding to from the you know her his injury from all this. No, it's um, and that's where Andy Circus's direction is great to me because there is a scene where the cop and Eddie are talking and Eddie says something and the cop leans in with his ear like he's like wait what did you say like you know so that like that was done well that, but then when later on directing later on when they talk and he goes through a full flashback i don't think that was done well nope not at where all he can, no. where he where he rehears the scream his 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 ear thing goes out of whack oh and it goes it got, for some reason <laughs> why why what well anyway let's keep let's continue <laughs> um so as she lunges at the accompanying guard he lets off a shot which uh, she basically shoots Francis in the eye and knocks her out. She awakens. I don't know how with, she's not dead. She awakens with an injured eye in Ravencroft Institute. Um, years later, Francis still keeps up with Cassidy through newspaper headlines, as he has become quite the serial killer since they last saw one another. Which makes no damn sense because, you know, he doesn't know that she's alive. He thinks she's dead. So why is he literally putting these? poetries that she, that he knows she's gonna recognize if he thinks she's dead it makes no sense that's also kind of true i never thought about that because if the cop thinks that she's dead then everything on paper would say that she's but dead he said himself that, that he th that he thinks he's that he thought she was dead huh and then he found out that she was still alive and that's why he broke her out hmm 
Not great. Not no, great. because that's what he said to her. He's like, I thought you were dead. One of the things but I turned and told my sister was, why are the women or the woman that owns this facility being so antagonistic towards Sheik? Shriek. Have you never seen one flow over the cuckoo's nest? Nurse Ratchet was a bitch. Yeah, but that was years ago, right? Like, I, like this is still cartoonish is what I'm trying to say. Like, this oh, woman's no, not done do anything to you, but you're just picking at her. Though. You're picking at her, and then you think that once she escapes or finds a way to escape, she's not going right after you? Like, like oh, your little boyfriend's going on death row. I'm like, is that necessary? <laughs> yeah, but also name one comic book movie where they don't make the scientists mush mustache-twirling villains. Why did they give her newspapers so that she can document what her boyfriend was doing? What was that about? It, it, listen, that shit already doesn't make sense because there's no reason this man should be spouting headlines for a woman that he thinks is dead. Yeah, when he finds out she's alive, he's like, oh, my God, she's alive. Uh, but, yeah, she's been keeping up with him through newspapers. Uh, when she sees that he may be getting the death penalty, she twirls her little makeshift engagement ring that he gave her that still fits and uh, worries. And then there's a weird just random ass shot of Cletus Cassidy not talking. Just a, there's just a shot of him. And then, it, and then it goes to the credits. And smiling. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yep, then and it goes the, to the credits. <clears throat> Oh, yeah, the credits, the title card. Once the title card hits, I, oh my God, George, why are we doing this to ourselves? In San Francisco, we follow Eddie Brock as he is being assigned to write a story about Cletus and his murders with Detective Mulligan himself telling Eddie that Cletus will only talk to him. Venom wants to eat Wait, Mulligan. are we in spoiler territory? Yeah. Bro, what the fuck you mean I want to be your friend? What does that have to do with anything? I oh. just wanted to be your friend. I just wanted Daddy. to be your friend. I just wanted to be your friend. Your shut, the, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. I literally almost walked out of theaters at that moment where he's like, You don't understand why I did all this. Why'd you do this? Well, please? they had to, they had to, now that you think about it, they had to come up with this because in the comics, it's just that they were cellmates, remember? Yes, yes, that's right. There were cellmates and he kept talking crap and then Yeah, and yep. then Eddie escapes, but there's some of the symbiote that's the behind. Yep, and it takes over Cassie. This happens in the comics okay. and it happens in the animated series. It happens is the exact Cletus, same way. Is Cletus Cassidy supposed to be a cannibal? No, I don't think he was a cannibal. So I don't then think why that was a cannibalistic thing. Him and tasting his blood and commenting on his blood. Hmm, I've tasted a lot of blood. This I thought I thought it was blood. actually I thought it was actually supposed to be alluded to that that's what he was like drawing with surely right surely oh, oh yeah surely yeah, that's yeah, supposed yeah. to be blood right but they've never, yeah. they never they don't ever connect those dots you don't see him you don't see him dipping his quill in a in a thing of no blood on that second time or anything of, of my second rewatch and i'm watching it, it 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 i kind of i don't know if it's blood so much as i think he's painting with sweat because he's huh. using the symbiote he's like he's touching the paper with his fingers and running his fingers across it and it's leaving these streaks. So it could be blood. He could be painting. Oh, no, no. I mean, I mean, when he does the postcard, when he does the postcard for Eddie, like unless they just stylistically gave this man a red pen that he could stab okay. himself with, I am assuming that that was supposed to be. No, blood he, he, they something. gave him a pen. They gave, <laughs> they gave him, him a pen. They gave him, they gave the guy because, a death row a pen. Because you see him literally. No, Ill, what it was is the pen. I will, I, I will never forget because it was stupid. The pen had like, things around it so that it couldn't be used lethally ah okay but you sit you literally see him sitting at a table writing a card and every time he turns the card writes more turns it spite 
a spider comes. <laughs> that was hilarious. And walks on the postcard. But first, but first he says the origin storyline. Every hero needs an origin story. Then he slaps. Which is that you would have thought that would have been in the in the trailer. That's so trailer. Fans can't see me, but I'm shaking my head at the ridiculousness. So Venom wants to eat Mulligan uh, after he's rude to Eddie and tries to convince Eddie that they should be saving Let's the world instead of hiding. We need to eat him. I can I, talk like Wolfskin Fisk too. Here's another thing, Dan. I am not. I've never really found. Oh, isn't that funny that that person's in the bathroom and the other person's in the other stall, and it sounds really funny what's going on in the next stall like that. I hate that. I hate that. I only liked it in Austin Powers. That's the only. That's the only film I liked it in. Actually, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. The battle, the battle shit scene with the two hot British chicks is pretty funny. Right. Where these right. two hot, but British it subverts chicks an expectation there. Yes, that's a subverting of expectation that these hot chicks dressed in preppy clothes would go to a bathroom stall and play a game where who can shit the loudest. But he goes into a woman's stall. <laughs> Mulligan has nothing to say about this, and then yeah, like he, he has he a conversation walks with himself. Into the woman's room in a police precinct. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> what's going like, on? Hey, whoa, whoa, Eddie, Eddie, the other one, the other one. Then the woman looks under the stall? She looked under the stall because it, he's talking and then it does this panning. San Francisco's then, weird, bro. And then you see a blonde girl just sit. First of all, it looks like she's taking, she's taking a quick, like, not a bathroom break, but a, I'm going to just mess around on company time break because her pants aren't even down. She's just sitting on the toilet on her phone. Yeah. So either we're censoring using the bathroom or this woman literally just needed five minutes of playing Candy Crush. <laughs> oh, boy. And that gets interrupted by this conversation. Um, I, I, we are the venom and we should be doing this and I want to eat heads and shut the fuck up. Shut up. I shut actually up. also don't think um, I don't think any of the time that he's grabbing venom looks real. No, no, it doesn't. There's there there is a moment in that bathroom stall where he's holding on to Venom, and it yeah. looks like his his hand is where it isn't. Right, and that's my that has always been my problem, and not my problem, but I think that's always been the hardest part of motion capture acting. You have to literally look at something that's not there and right. pretend it's there. And then when you grab onto it, like if you have to grab onto it, the mechanics is not easy to get down. You have to like in post, you have to edit the symbiote right into his arms. And there's moments where he's grabbing Venom and you can just tell that they're having problems trying to, trying to get the post the thing. down. Yeah. Like they couldn't get the post editing down just right. He looked like, you know, when you have that, those invisible dogs, when you have the leash that just kind of just <laughs> goes left and right. And stuff like that. I'm like, this is not, this isn't great. Um, they argue, but Eddie goes on to do the story on Cassidy anyway. Uh, he goes over there. The murder speaks in riddles in like the most mustache twirling, trying to sound smart things ever. And uh, says he the can light give him. inside you goes out. Maybe, maybe. The light. Like, what the you know, fuck are you talking about? You know, now, like, if, if I can be a script doctor, because I've never wrote a single script in my entire life, but if I could if I could help add some gravitas, maybe his parents should have been, like, crazy, devout Christians. Right? Like, if they felt like there was a demon in their son and just spouted these, these crazy biblical, you know, testament, testament kind of uh, quotes, 
and then sent him to a religious, you know, reform school where he was then beaten and, you know, like maybe then he would have an aversion against God, which would then create this level of anarchy in his own mind, right? Because this is the but one George, person of mercy and light. And parents are just abusive parents. And there's no rhyme or reason why abusive parents are just abusive parents. No, no one wanted to talk to the sad little kid. Is that what he says, right? He kicks Eddie Brock and says, like, no one cares about the little kid. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. yeah. He's, like, he's like, you printed that story, but you didn't print the truth. You didn't print my truth. The fact that I was abused every day by my granny and my daddy and my mammy. And shut the fuck fake, up. He's, he's calling fake news, bro. He's calling the fake news. Um, but... Cleus decides he's going to give him an exclusive so long as he prints a, a haiku in the paper as a message to someone he cares about. Which, which what, 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 like, can you even print a haiku as a news title? That's the first row is five syllables. Then it's did, seven. He syllables. didn't tell him anything else. What did Eddie tell his paper? Just print this and I'll be back with another story later. A better story later. Is that enough like, to get somebody to print what they you, want? So just print this as the headline. Like, like have you ever read a have you ever read a newspaper? Yeah. Have you say, actually say that continued on page whatever the hell? Exactly. When you see the front page of a newspaper, it's a big headline, tiny little synopsis right at the left hand corner, and then it says continue on page four and five. And you turn to page four and five, and it is two full pages of an expose. Maybe it says you can't continue. have a headline without two full pages of an expose i i think that maybe it just says continued next week on the <laughs> on the front page <laughs> please read next week's paper it doesn't make Find any, out it doesn't next make any week sense. on dragon ball z 100 <laughs> um and so eddie agrees and when he goes to exit the venom symbiote sees various carvings and drawings on on cassie's cell that venom himself commits to memory I thought that was a bit cartoonish. That was a bit cartoonish. Mulligan is pissed that Eddie didn't get any info, but he tells him to give him time. Um, another weird thing, I guess, because it's a sequel and because Carnage is in it, he now has a noticeably red helmet. I don't know why that stylistic choice needed to be made. Yeah, <laughs> look at you noticing the helmets. I didn't even give a shit about the helmet. No, it's just like, oh, he has a red helmet now, and this is the movie with the red symbiote. Like, it just felt like a weird. How the hell did you heavy handed? I know the last movie he did have a black helmet. How yeah. do you? How do you just? I like because I because when you think of like a, the red hood helmet, it's like it's basically a motorcycle helmet, right? Like the red hood thing and red hoods and titans right now. So when I saw him with his red helmet and his leather jacket, I was like, uh Oh, here we go, red hood. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, Venom uses his memory. To take over Eddie's body and recreate the drawings and look for clues. I did not find any of this funny. Him being pulled to this the desk. This is the worst scene of the movie. No, this is where. Nope, nope. And actually, I just rewatched this scene before I got onto Zoom with you because that's where I turned. That is literally where I turned off the movie. <laughs> I turned my TV off and I'm like, nah, let's let me just get to the Zoom already. That is the worst scene of the movie for me. That's the worst scene in the movie for me where he's he's drawing all of these pictures and he's like, what do you see? Trees. You're an idiot. Try again. What do you see? Oh, I know this. This is the house. Useless. Try again. I'm like, what is this? Fuck. What is this scene, George? What is this scene? I don't know. What is I, and scene? who is it for? Nobody. Nobody. It's for Tom Hardy because Tom Hardy is bizarro Ryan Reynolds where he takes over a character and he's like, you know what? This character is me and this is my personality. The same way Ryan Reynolds took over Deadpool. This man is taking over Venom and no one wants to say no. 
because it's Tom Hardy, because it's Bronson, it's Bane. You know, no one wants to say no to him. Yeah. It's just, it just, like I said, the physical comedy reminds me of like Jim Carrey. It just reminds me of like a weird, wacky. Put a pen in my head. Yes, it is blue. <laughs> it's exactly what it is to me. And the, you know, remember with the wiggling of the arm? <laughs> like he can't get it. To oh, yeah, the, the pen is blue. <laughs> he can't get it to stand straight. It's the same thing to me. Um, so after doing this for a bit, way too long, in my opinion, um, Cassidy, uh, they figure out where Cassidy may have hidden the bodies of his victims. And they're right. The discovery allows Eddie to be super famous and then lands Cassidy on death row. Um, back at the house, Venom argues with Brock about not Which, being... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So we can just reinstate the death penalty in California without any kind of ratifying of a bill. We're not going to go through any meetings, Senate hearings. We could just... We, the governor of Cal of California could just reinstate the death penalty for one man because I guess of one yeah body. I guess for I guess for, well it wasn't one body I think they found multiple bodies at that no at that location. well if they found multiple bodies they didn't show it in the movie all they showed was one death oh maybe they did an they, they showed no it. when they when they go to the place that he finds like the weird place by the ocean. And they send the dog right off the San Fran- at San Francisco Bay. He buried yeah, the- a body in San Francisco Bay. You no, know, there's a couple of there's a couple of white sheeted lumps at various locations with like Okay, flags. so then Cletus Cassidy is the most stupidest serial killer in the world. He, he sort of kind of is. He's like this is his mass this is like his mass grave kind of kind of kind of situation. Yeah, that is that's that's that, that is literally retarded. He never he never retarded. he never said that he was a smart <laughs> criminal. <laughs> It's like, are you, like, uh, can you imagine? Oh, I this guy buried a body here. Okay, he buried a body. Wait a minute. Why is there twenty? Like, are you re- are you ready for more jokes, Dan? Because let's go for the jokes. Back at the house, Venom argues with Brock about not being able to be free and eat bad guys. Uh, this is the whole chickens. Uh, this is the whole. Sunny we should be up there. And I don't want to eat tires and all this other kind of stuff. Um, no, because uh, um, what's it called? Oh. Oh my God, this was the most stupidest exposition ever. He's like, I need to feed on tricipal trialine or some yeah. kind of chemical that is only found in brains and, and chocolate. chocolate. Yep. What? Yeah. This is actually canonical. Um, when they nerfed Venom in the 90s because they wanted to m- make him a baby face, uh, instead of eating people, he would eat chocolate, which wasn't a good decision then. <laughs> nor is it a good decision now and you know what jonathan if you're listening yogi i understand now why you hate 90s comics <laughs> i'm telling you man they make some i, under, I really like decisions he, jonathan has a disdain for specifically 90s marvel comics yeah. and i i think i understand now you introduce venom and then years later this man is eating fucking snickers bars so he doesn't eat humans i mean even if you think about the first venom film which was kind of based on the lethal protector arc which was his first arc solo arc in the comics protector and it's based on nothing of that no but what i'm saying is that like even even then they couldn't resist the urge to introduce what five symbiotes in that story you understand like they they, yeah. they could not in the 90s they did not know restraint it was always everything to the top to the brink to you know 11 all of the time and so yeah i don't but i don't know how you read any of that and get this story get this relationship with eddie and and and, and venom i i just don't um, and you know what? It's, it's so funny because you say it a lot of the times and i finally understood you yesterday where i'm like of 
all stories to tell. Yeah. You told this one. <laughs> yeah. Our very first introduction to Carnage. And he's a Nicolas Cage lookalike lovesick puppy. Yeah. Who just wants friends. And again, the lovesick stuff is added, right? Like you, they thought that was a good decision. It was never in the comic. So they just, they just are adding unnecessarily. Because what is so, what is so terrifying about giving an androgynous villain? Why does a villain need a romance? Why does the, why does a villain have to become a villain because the girl of his dreams rejected him? Or the guy of her dreams rejected her. Why does a guy? Why do you have to become a villain? Because I was in love once, and then they stole my love, and now I'm gonna kill him. Why can't you just be an androgynous villain? Say what anybody will about Lex Luthor, the Jesse Eisenberg version. That yeah. man knew how to be a, va- a damn villain. That man knew how to be a villain. Yeah. I just for once want my bad guys to just revel in being bad, and I get it. Life is gray. There's no such thing as black and white. Good is actually evil and evil is actually good. I get it. You know, life is weird. It's random. But what is so wrong? Look at Mr. Nobody of Doom Patrol. Yeah. Why can't we? I mean, he had a relationship too, but he wasn't all, he wasn't just tied to it though. It wasn't his. No, but the relationship wasn't his crux. It wasn't the crux of his villainry. Yeah, it wasn't. And like I said, they want to introduce this woman. I think she should. She just should have just been somebody crazy. And poor Naomi, Naomi Harris, right? Poor Naomi Harris. Yeah. Thank oh, you. Now I was gonna say we got to get to this uh, and stuff, bro. The best part. <laughs> so, like I said, they go, they go to the convenience store to get chocolate. There's no chocolate there, so Eddie forces him to eat the brains of chickens or just chickens in general. He gets the brains. Can we eat Mrs. Chen? No, we can't eat Mrs. Chen. Shut the fuck up. Oh and he, can, he he eats chickens and um, feathers come out, even though nothing comes out when he eats humans. The feathers were for comedic effect. And again, I don't find any of this comedy that engaging. I um, don't find PG-13 violence funny or and, engaging. And then the cliche of all cliches. I, I saw this scene. I called this scene. And then it happened. And I was like, this is the kind of movie we're watching. So he's he's... Not web slinging. He has no tact or style. He just jumps and bounds and breaks buildings and windows and structures, and no one says a word. Um, and as he's doing this, he gets a phone call from his ex Anne, which excites Venom. Um, and for some reason, he then transforms into himself. Like Venom retreats, and so he is hanging on a ledge. And she's like, "Hey, what's going on? Uh, oh yeah, are you are you are you are you busy? Are, you know, what are you up to?" And I'm like, "He's around. gonna say he's hanging around." And then he says, "Up, oh, you know, nothing, just hanging around." And I'm like, "Yeah, this is the low hanging fruit of this of this movie. This is where this is where we're gonna reside that, for quite some that time." That line is literally in every everything fucking, every everything. time. Someone is literally dangling and they get a phone call. Hey, what's up? You busy? Uh, just hanging around. Yep. Bottom, bottom basement stuff. Hell, the worst was when Spider-Man used to say, oh, I just thought I'd swing by. Yeah. I hated when they wrote fucking Peter Parker and say, I just thought I'd swing by. But the like, thing is, Peter, the- Peter's known to be piffy, though, right? Like, he's known True, to quippy. be... quippy. He is quippy. He's quippy. Yeah. So, like, I, I, he gets a slide on that. This is just like what 
I don't, I don't get it. So, um, she calls her ex to meet him at a restaurant to talk. When Eddie gets there, being convinced by Venom that this is probably, she probably just went through a breakup and is trying to ask for him back. He shows up there and uh, we, it's revealed that Anne wanted to tell Eddie that she was engaged to her boyfriend, Dan, and wants Eddie to be happy for her. Which I you thought was be really happy weird. For a brother named Dan. But also, that's very weird. That's very weird. I don't oh, know no, if listen, I'd call my if, ex if into my a ex, room. Yeah, continue. I, I think you're on yeah, the same path my, as me. If my ex, right now, because you, you know who she is. Yeah. If she called me right now and said, hey, can we meet? I need to talk to you about something important. And I, I go there and she has a rock bigger than the pimple on my nose on her finger. Yeah. I'm not staying for the rest of that conversation. It's right. a have a nice life and I'm leaving. <laughs> I'd also tell her you have some kind of brass cojones on you. But doesn't he do something similar? And she's like, wow, you can't even be like real about this. And I'm like, what did you expect from all oh, of this? Oh, he was he was lying about having venom in him. She no, but even, but even prior to that, even prior to that, she's like, why can't you just be happy for me or something like that? Oh, because like, he, was being sarcastic, he was being sarcastic about his... What did she about- think was the best case scenario in this situation, though, Dan? Is no, literally. Ask, yeah. What did she think was going to come about in this conversation? Same old Eddie. You just can't be happy for other people. Shut Same up. old Eddie. Every time your ex gets engaged to someone, he always got, has to have a fit. It's like, yeah, what the... F- I, this was toxic. This whole situation was toxic. Yeah, but I also... but It's also been very vocal that I actually don't like Michelle Williams. As an actress? As as an actress, I don't like Michelle. I don't think Williams. I've seen her in enough stuff. I can't think of my head. A bunch she's of she's. I think she's Gone Girl, or is that Roseman Pike? Uh, I think she is Gone Girl. If I'm not mistaken, that's why I, that that was when that because that's my debut of of Michelle Williams. The very first movie I ever saw Michelle Williams in was Gone Girl, and it, after that was Manchester by the Sea. And in both instances, she was a terrible person. Yeah, and then you. And then you get Venom, and she's an equally terrible person. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think she's a very beautiful woman, but I just don't care for Michelle Williams. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think they had chemistry in the last movie. I'm not rooting for them as a couple, so this whole situation to me was like, okay, but they're so not, she moved that's on. The funny part is, for two movies now, they're not a couple. Right, but I guess you're supposed to, you're supposed to try to pull for whoever Eddie wants to be with. Which is seemingly this woman, um, but, okay, I, but I don't you know it. my my problem with that, and it's been this way since you were still in New York. I always told you, why is it I'm supposed to just hate on this on a girl's boyfriend because the main character has a crush on her? Yeah, how do we know the the boyfriend isn't a dick? You know, like not every boyfriend is Flash Thompson. Okay, Flash Thompson in the very first Sam Raimi Spider Man movie, I would yes root that Mary Jane has somebody better in her life. But you're giving me a movie like Venom 2. How am I supposed to root against Dr. Dan? Yeah, Dr. Dan. Dr. Dan is actually an awesome dude. Yeah, he helped out in the first movie and he helps out in this movie. And he was very, very supportive of Eddie's of, of Eddie in that first in that first movie. I will never forget how supportive he was of Eddie. Oh, we and, and he was Eddie. he was he trusting in Eddie. Anne. You know, he was trusting in Anne that she could go yes. and still help Eddie, but not fall for him. Which and I think in both and in yeah. both movies, in both movies where Dr. Dan has told her Anne to go help Eddie, it is not a 
oh, I don't trust you. And I think you're, you know, I know that you love me and I know that I love you, but I know you also care about this kind of person. So go help him. Like he's a supportive person. Even the, the stepfather and Ant-Man, yeah. even the stepfather and Ant-Man, like this is, these are those instances where I'm like, that's what I want. I don't want a movie where I'm supposed to root for the main character breaking no home home wrecking you want to you want to know something weird for some reason i misremembered her husband or her fiance as being phil dumphy from me too me <laughs> did too, you too? Me too. Did you no too? it's okay ty, i thought I, I thought dr dan was ty burrell also it's okay i swear to god i thought dr dan was ty burrell <laughs> i really misremembered that and i guess i guess that's residual from um incredible hulk right that's what that yeah, I think it. I think it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's Come the on, same but, actor twice. It ha- it was him in the last film. And I'm, um, but yeah, but like you, but I'm with you on that because I'm looking at him like, wait, weren't you Ty Burrell? <laughs> but then why would Ty? Why would Michelle Williams leave Tom Hardy for Ty Burrell? Yeah, like, I mean, she. Ty, what is it? No, she did that already, right? He makes me feel safe, and he makes me feel seen, and every every day with you was like being on a roller coaster. I turn to my sister and I go. I love roller coasters. <laughs> no, actually, um, okay. I will. I will be. I will have to be full. Full transparency here. I understand what she means. Yeah. I understand what she means. Roller coasters are fun, but can you imagine being on the uh, on the Bizarro for twenty four hours, or the or the cy- the Cyclone, or the King of Cod, just nonstop every single second? There is no. Let's get off the roller coaster and chill. I I understand what she meant by. Being with you is like being on a roller coaster. And as much as you can love roller coasters, man, security, security is a big thing in relationships. And if she says he makes me feel safe and, and you know, normal and protective, it's like I can't tell her she's wrong because I actually respect that. It's true. It is 100% true. Roller coasters yeah. are fun, but an, enti- but a, an entire relationship an entire relationship shouldn't be ups and downs and loop to loops and tilts and turns. Sometimes a relationship should be stagnant. I can give you that. I guess my only thing is if you then had an opportunity to walk away from the roller coaster, why would you then choose to meet with the roller coaster to tell them how much you don't care? Oh, because she missed the roller coaster. She misses the roller coaster. She wants the roller coaster. That's what, that's what a lot of people, I'm not going to go straight, just say girls, people in general, lie about what they really want out of a relationship and sometimes people are inherently boring and need excitement and toxicity is exciting the toxicity of our city of our- Sorry. Oh, i love system of a down that's a great so they should have found a way to put that in this but um i didn't like the, this entire scene i don't know how it's supposed to make me feel better for Anne. uh i don't know how it's supposed to make me feel like i said because george it's the same scene from the first movie, minus him going into a lobster tank and eating a lobster. Oh, I didn't think it about is it that literally way. the same scene. Also, uh, then I, 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 and I could be completely wrong, right? I'm taking these notes on my perception of things, and then Eddie, like, tries to commit suicide or tries to illustrate that he would want to, but he can't because of. Venom? Yeah, no, you're not. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong because he leaves the goddamn place and he's on a bike and he moves onto the other side of the road. 
And Venom's like, what are you doing? And he's like, it doesn't matter. You won't let me get hurt anyways. You're right. not going to let me die. Right. And then Venom takes over and moves the bike onto the other side of the road. And then he stops. Which is all fine and dandy. But what about the car that just had to swerve out of the way? Also, no, that was with a four the motorcycle. That wasn't a that wasn't a car. That was a that was a, a fucking eighteen wheeler. But but I'm like that that, that could have he could have killed all those people with his stupid stunt to prove something with Venom. And then there's these weird lines where he says that he's a real boy. He tells Venom, "I'm a real boy, and you're an, an amoeba." Yeah. And I'm like, "What? Who no, is writing like, this?" Because, because what the hap- what happened was for the scene is like I can't break an arm, I can't bleed to death. I right. can't get sick. You'll just cure me. And Venom's like, yes, but the heart is a lot more difficult to cure. I can't exactly mend your heart. And I'm like, what is going on? What is going on? See, Tom I can already with a single tear that that cliche single tear rolling down the eye. That was and a Venom's bit much like, as well. I'm sorry, Eddie, but I can't help your heart. I can only help your bones. Shut the fuck. <laughs> but what, why would why would a adult Tom Hardy refer to himself as a real boy? The same way that every time guys meet a new chick, they say, "Yo, I just met this girl," and it's like, "What do you mean you just met this girl? You I met guess, woman. but that's describing somebody else, though. Why would you describe yourself as? Yeah, I don't describe myself as a boy. I describe myself as a man, man, as a man. I, I I walk around my house butt naked eating tomahawk steaks with the juice rolling down my chest. There you go. And why isn't he letting... I thought he did tell Venom that he could eat bad guys. Yeah, but there's a sign in his house. Rules. No eating people. So he can't even eat bad guys. So he lied to him, basically. Yes. Or this, the movie just lied to us. Hmm. Because, yeah, and then here we go, and then the next scene, I'm going to take over the driver's seat for a minute, because this is the this was also one of the worst scenes in the fucking movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had yeah, expected a musical to just break out, and Eddie to start singing, you're the one that I want, you're the one I want, ooh, ooh, ooh. like, what the fuck the one is I going? Need. Sorry. Oh, yes, indeed, this scene oh, sucks. yes, indeed, it sucks. <laughs> you say neither. I say neither. Yeah, it's you not great. Um, I skipped I over all that. I just put the next morning, Venom tries to cheer Eddie up with breakfast, but it doesn't work. Yes, but <laughs> how the fuck does Venom, an alien symbiote, know who Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong are? Why does it curse? I, uh, At one point, it I, says shit. It, like when it sees carnage. I don't get... Why I would curse? I, okay, don't, I don't. If, know it, if you I, know Ella Fitzgerald, why wouldn't you know how to make eggs? If you can draw, you know how to draw. You use his hands to know how to draw. Surely your tendrils can crack an egg, right? I, I mean, at I one point, it- at one point, Cletus Cassidy's tendrils can lock pick a car. That takes a level of delicacy and 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 precision, doesn't it? That so is why true. can't and he also said, make oh, eggs? They're not. They're not symbiotic. They're not. They're not in one. Right. Well, not, so what the hell is going on? Tune, then how is he able to like literally make the manifestations that he does? Venom feels like a big drunk roommate, a big dumb drunk roommate, 
that keeps breaking all your shit but apologizing for it and you let him and oh I that's a two thousand dollar tv eddie how are you affording a two thousand how are you affording a san francisco apartment how is none You're of these things deal breakers why can't you just let it die it can totally die you can totally go back to your old life you can totally expel it and let it just die you, they, they, yeah you could just not feed it yeah and then it'll just die. You'll be fine because you're not. You don't seem susceptible to his his woes, you know. And it would all be done. But what? Why? What do you owe this symbiote? It seems really fucking weird. But strangely enough, Eddie finds a postcard from Cletus that details his origins. That include a death of his grandmother and mother, his time as an abused uh, child, and even his stint at Saint Esther's that was only made tolerable because of his one bright light, Francis. Figuring he should be there for Cassidy's execution, he stops by the prison to speak to him. Again, Cassidy speaks in riddles, but this time he berates Brock and wishes nothing but pain and loneliness upon him. Straight, full disclosure for everybody, I fell asleep here. Oh, so then this, this might all be news to you then. I fell asleep. No, I, I, the last thing that I remember seeing was Cleus tasting the blood on his finger. And then I woke up. And Cletus was in the lethal injection chair. So I probably oh fell asleep for about like 10 minutes. So the whole breakup, I missed that whole breakup scene. So, uh, Eddie, res- yeah, Venom lashes out and attacks Cletus. That- and no one sees this. This is not on camera. Eddie's not reprimanded for this, even though there's all these cameras on this very, you know, sadistic uh, serial killer. No one sees the black gunk come out and smack um, Cassidy all over the all over his his cell. Eddie restrains Venom, but while he is distracted, Cassidy bites him and remarks that it uh, what he tastes is not blood. You I've see? tasted a lot of blood. This ain't blood. What the? You fuck? got a secret inside you. Uh, I was gonna say Tom Hardy, Eddie Brock. Um, we see a bit of the symbiote on his finger before he pops it into his mouth. Uh, Brock scolds Venom for ruining the exclusive that they you, that they had, and they say some very bad things about one another, and then they fight, which leads to Venom destroying his apartment, his TV, and his motorcycle before taking off. Uh, Cass- me- meanwhile, Cassidy is put uh, through the process of lethal injection, but it doesn't take. The dormant symbiote stops it, and when the injection and then the injection room explodes with force, we get a review of the creature to be known as Carnage, and he goes on a killing spree in the prison, including eating the head of the warden before transforming himself into himself and walking out of the door. You have anything to say about any of that? <laughs> uh, what the hell was? Well, why did Carnage do a tornado? Can I say that? Is that a thing? Uh, <laughs> Is that a thing I, I can I, ask? I, 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 <laughs> I, 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 bro, I wish I had an answer because that, that why, entire scene was just. Why did he stick his tongue down that guy's face? Did that really kill him? Mm. I don't know. We, they they okay, can't kill anybody. It's PG 13. You know what pissed me off? I'm not even going to lie. As, as someone that knows Carnage, what is the two main weapons he manifests the most? An axe and a spike. Why are we just gonna have the axe manifest for one damn scene yeah. to break a cop car and then never see it again? What is with the Doc Ock tendrils yeah. coming out? I, I don't, I don't get it. They were also like, like wet. Like there was a weird 
film on them at certain points if you rewatch him transform there's a weird kind of almost like a spit-esque quality to the rest of yes his, yes his I know exactly and i don't about. i don't understand where that comes from and it just I, pisses me off man like we this is carnage this is car i recognize the axe i'm not even an I'm not nowhere near as knowledgeable in comics as you and Greg and Yogi and stuff, but mm-hmm. I know what I know and I can see what I see. And when I saw Carnage pull out the axe for literally a 0.2 second scene and then never again in the movie, that actually pissed me off. It's like mm. this dude literally makes an axe. That's his weapon. He manifests an axe every time. Yeah, and you do it for one second for him to break a cop car, or for him to break a, a cop helicopter. I don't even know. Yeah, it's 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 not great. And again, like there's a scene of him just jumping from balcony to balcony uh, in the prison. Why? Why? What is he doing? He's like and ripping open the doors. People are just cheering on Cassidy, and stuff. Yeah, Cassidy. How do you know that's Cassidy? I think I think there's a fundamental also, you know, problem because I think one of the defining traits of Carnage in the comics is the black that's within his red, which I think is more of a shadow, if anything else. And they didn't they weren't able to depict that. The only thing black on him is around his eyes. Um also another design choice in the comics, Carnage doesn't have teeth. It's his it's his suit that has teeth, if that makes sense. I don't know if you could remember, but if you ever look at a picture of Carnage his mouth just ends in spikes. There's no lips. There's no teeth. There's no none of it. Um, so I just don't think it translates well to the rest of it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. The, uh, only, the only thing I can say that I did like was the eyes on Carnage. The black. Eyes, the, eyes? Face, the actual vicious. The, the what's the word? Visage. Vis. Visage. Vis, vis, visage. Visage. Yeah. The actual visage of Carnage was perfection i yeah. won't lie i won't sit here and, and be a liar to anybody i actually did enjoy carnage's face yeah but i liked venom's face better in the first movie and i also don't understand um i like the like the vein design is very weird for me like the vein the veins on on venom uh, as opposed to the spider, which I guess he'll get after he meets his old friend or his new friend, I guess is how you'll say it. Uh, so, did I say that he decapitated the warden? Did I do that already? He eats the head of the warden. Uh, trans- yeah, he transforms himself. He transforms into himself and then walks out the door, starts singing the song about St. Quentin and how the warden tastes like ham. I don't know what the hell and that this was about. the point where I literally said in my head, I hate when you want to. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it, George. I hate when you want to depict your villains oh. as <laughs> mentally unstable and they sing. You know what this reminded me of? This reminded me of Harley from Heroes in Crisis. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that? That she was just singing like and right like doing oh, she nursery was rhymes. Booster Gold in the she sky. was just doing She's nursery like, rhymes the whole time. Buckle my shoe. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell is going on? What's, when did Harley break? What's going on here? Like, they're going... literally free-falling in the sky, and she's stabbing Booster Gold, and she's singing nursery rhymes. Don't make sense. But, like, I hate it. I hate seeing... The, not, the, when you depict your, your villain as mentally unstable, as crazy, I hate making them sing. 
And the only reason why I hate doing that is because I did that in backyard wrestling way before movies started doing because, it. And also because you understood that, that was kind of low-hanging fruit. And that was a trope at the time when you did it. And yes. to, to imagine that 15 years after the fact, you're still doing it. Like, like I, what's going I would, on here? I would give someone a drop kick, and then I would start singing, I'm singing in the rain. But that's because, because that actually happened. <laughs> in in Clockwork, Clockwork Orange. Orange. <laughs> I was taking... <laughs> That yes. actually happened in Clockwork Orange. You understand that? That's what made that scene more sadistic. Or you have the scene from um, Reservoir Dogs where the guy's dancing to the music, and you know that it's shown to be sadistic. They end up using that later on in Blood. But those Spur are better. Blood. Those are better versions of it. Those are actual versions that mean something because Malcolm McDowell wasn't supposed to sing right. "Singing in the Rain." That scene was supposed to be wordless. There was no script. And he started doing the singing in the rain, and Kubrick left it there. Isn't it way less cooler when they do it in blood shot? The dancing, yes. Toby Kibble dancing, as oh, opposed to. Oh, oh, when I saw that scene, the first thought in my head was, George is going to hate this. <laughs> there was a lot George of that when I watched this, this movie. I was like, Dan's going to hate it's, a lot of this. It's, it's Toby Kettle dancing to Psycho Killer. George is going to hate this. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted that for. Uh, I still want that for Joker. Somebody do Joker that for me. Yeah, when you when when you when you said that, that pissed me off because it's like fuck. That's like the best song you could have used, and it was not, out at the time. Not not a song by a damn registered sex of, pedophile. Sorry, Gary Glitter is a pedophile, yes, and I'm he tired is. of rock and roll two, rock and roll part two being used in song and movies because yeah. that man is a pedo. I only like it when Homer Simpson is humming it in his head as he's not paying attention to something yeah. else. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fucking hilarious. Um, so, uh, let me see. Carnage, Cunning Spree. Eddie kicks the chickens out. That's a scene. Which, that's probably the most asshole thing you can do. Yeah. Uh, Venom goes for a night on the town, which he really doesn't. It's just showing him on like a weird balcony. Uh, later, when Brock sees a news report, uh, that no, no, about... no, don't, 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 don't. No, 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 I, I, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm being honest. It was, the. It, this is just a scene of Venom overlooking the city. He, he doesn't do anything yet. Oh, yeah, no, I remember, I remember he was doing his little perch thing. Yeah, yeah that, that's all. Uh, later, when Brock sees a news report that talks about Cassidy's escape, he hears some knocking and Detective Mulligan comes in accusing him of knowing more than he lets on. Determined to find Cassidy before he finds him, Brock uses the drawing as a clue to investigate St. Esther's. Venom goes to a rave and makes a speech about identity politics as he hops from body to body, killing each incompatible host. He is killing them, right? They are dying. That's my. That was my interpretation. I, I like. like so Remember when they killed Jenny Slate? Remember Shannon when they killed Jenny Slate okay. with the with the symbiote in the first movie? Because it wasn't yes. compatible. Yeah, I, that's what I assumed but was then, going on. So, so he's compatible with Miss Chen. Apparently, or she didn't. He didn't. He wasn't in her for too long. That scene was so stupid. She gets on the floor and she's like, hold, she's like holding him. I'm like, what are you? Oh yeah, wait, do? I did that too. I looked at my sister and I said, "What? Like, why is she cradling him?" She's so like, "Oh we, my god, Venom, it's you, Venom. I'm so sorry." I'm like, "What are you doing, Miss Chen?" She's like, super down, super down with the aliens, bro. No, super but let's down. not just let's not just gloss over the fact that Venom, whose weakness is sound is in a rave with glow stick necklaces around his neck. Yep. And and Taking he gets pictures. on the microphone. Oh, oh my god, when he got on that microphone. If Eddie could see me now. 
There's only Un- one thing. Out. There's one thing, and I I probably would have left if it happened. When he grabbed the microphone, I got this this gut feeling where I'm like, oh my god, are they gonna go like Ninja Turtles two? Like, is he gonna rap? <laughs> like, yeah. Is, are oh, they gonna oh. go like really corny fucking? Cause that, remember back in the day, that was like. They thought that was the most funniest shit ever. Like just a, a random hip, rap. A, hop, a hippie to the hip and a hop and a hip and my name is this and I'm here to say. Exactly. And and I was like, please don't. And he didn't. He just makes a speech about like love who you want to love. Oh no, love, George, if he would have started him. rapping, I would have, li- we, we, we would be having a different conversation because I wouldn't have finished the movie. <laughs> I literally would have, wa- and I paid for popcorn, a drink and M&M's. So you already know college, which you know that you know it costs more to do that than the other. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I if Venom would have grabbed that mic and started saying, "I am Venom and I'm here to say," I would have literally left that fucking. I literally would have left. I had to go to work anyways. I would have just left. It's like George, I could have been sleeping in for this. (laughs) I could have been sleeping in, and here's Venom, who is very sensitive to sound. Is at a rave, jamming, just jamming dancing, taking pictures for the best costume, and killing people, and killing people. Uh, even in his defiance, he mentions that he wishes Eddie could see his night out. It's just a weird, toxic relationship again. It's weird. Bro, yeah, no, that pissed me over. He's just he's just sitting down on like a corner, a street corner, and he's like, "Man, if only Eddie could see how cool I was tonight." Like, bro, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Uh, Cletus steals some garish clothing and eventually a pretty sweet car and makes a deal with Carnage to kill Venom and Eddie Brock so long as Carnage helps him find and free his love Francis. Eddie breaks into St. Esther's, breaks into St. Esther's. I'm watching this movie. I'm like, did he just, he just broke that gate, right? Just like walked in. He's just trespassing and shit. Yep, with no problem in the world. Uh, no problem in the world. Uh, Eddie uses his privilege to break into St. Esther's and sees a tree with a heart and inscriptions on it. So he calls Mulligan to give him a clue as to where Cletus could be going next. But Mulligan says she's dead. So that would be impossible. And then he just has a moment of PTSD for some strange reason. Uh, He not only remembers what happens, but almost succumbs to the pain of it again. (laughs) Which is weird. Uh, I mean, handle your traumas how you want to handle them, you know? Uh, Cassidy visits a gas station and kills the clerk. He uses his symbiote to search through the internet. He uses his symbiote, Dan. Which is one of the worst. To search in the internet. And then the line. He uses his symbiote. How? 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 I can understand if it was cyborg, right? No, the Cyborg. design of the computer was the worst. That design of how the computer looked once the symbiote was in there. It was like an all black It doesn't make any like- sense. I've seen Cyborg do this, right? Or even even R2-D2. Where they pull out a yeah, little- but, those, but that's different. That's technology that is compatible with all That's what, that's what I'm saying. Why would the, this alien goo be able to do anything to this? Does it make oh, any the sense? Best- the best part was what, what Cletus told him. He's like, hey, you guys know how to work the internet, right? You guys got one of them internets around here? I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. stupid. But yeah, he, you know, he searched for his boo. He finds out that she's locked up in Ravencroft. And he breaks her out. Uh, but first, after killing her captor, he shows her his symbiote and breaks her out of there, carelessly killing any opposition. And she her. gets like the biggest woman boner in movie history. Oh my god, that's so 
cool. Yep, she just becomes like a cackling. Oh no, she said psychic. you are the hottest. She's like you are just the hottest. I'm like shut up, shut yeah, up. Yeah, so shut up. she just becomes like a cackling kind of psychic from here on out. So um, she, at one point, she does use her powers, her sonic scream to help Eddie, um, and it's something that Carnage instantly hates and remarks he will hurt hurt her if she does it again. So I'm like, okay, watch out for that because that's definitely gonna happen. Um, no, and that also pissed me off. Because the, it essentially meant nothing. Because he like goes to strangle the shit out of her, like suffocate her, yeah. and then you think you're gonna get this big buildup where okay, now Shriek is gonna help Eddie and fight Carnage. My oh, sister turned to me in that moment and said, "I bet she's going to be the one to help defeat Carnage in the end." Nope. No. Nope. And, and I said, "Well, that you know, they seem to be that's seemingly what they're setting that up for." I'll get I'll get to what I thought was gonna happen when we get closer to that scene, but it's it, it what ended up happening was way funnier than anything, than anything i could think of but um so uh, uh, the, 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 but with francis free uh this twisted bonnie and clyde get ready for their nightmarish nuptials venom goes to mrs chen and passes out mulligan surveys the scene at ravencroft and demands brock be brought in for questioning as i'm taking my notes here i look there's only a half an hour left in the film yeah yeah, literally. And I go, what? What happened? Nothing happened. What happened? Nothing happened. Nothing. Nothing happened. Uh, so once there for an <laughs> hour, George, but George, an hour for yeah. an, you're sitting there for an hour, and all you get is a weird Cletus Cassidy of ham washed backstory. You get Venom and Eddie doing the same thing that they did in the first movie. You get Eddie and Anne doing the same thing they did in the first movie. Yeah. Like, uh, like nothing. Ha that was my biggest takeaway when I realized it yesterday. Because mm -hmm. I'm coming, I, I was coming out of the theater and I'm walking home and I'm like, yo, did anything happen? Like, yeah. did we go anywhere? Did, did what, where's the, where's the army? Where's the National Guard? Where are like the governmental troops? Odds are some of these events would trigger a bigger response than just sending the San Francisco Police Department out there to try oh, no, to but this, that, that's that's something that pisses me off in comic book movies. It's like you're you're in New York. Yes, you're Venom or or Spider-Man or well whatever. You're in New York going through a world-ending cataclysmic event. Where's the fuck's the Avengers? Where's yeah. the X-Men? Where's yeah. any and like you say, National Guard? Where's anybody? No, every time these damn movies happen, look at Amazing Spider-Man, the first one, and you know how much I love that movie. Couldn't Brock just tell the police that it's susceptible to sound and fire? No, he uh, no, and tells Doctor Dan that. No, I'm saying, why doesn't Brock tell Mulligan that? No, yeah, I I don't know, and my why response he just is, say, I don't know. And tells Doctor Dan instead. He's like, nah, I want to speak to my lawyer or whatever. Um, when he could just be like, yeah, I know what's going on. Oh, who's going to be his lawyer, Matt Murdock? I also don't like Tom Hardy's blue-collar accent thing. Oh, you mean he's he's always talking like this? And yeah, I don't like, like a mix weird between San Francisco and, and New York. Yeah, it's like a weird Brooklyn, you know. Hey, you don't care it's about nobody Brooklyn but yourself. San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, I, not a fan, but... Um, he calls Anne. Anne shows up. Eddie tells her she needs to f find Venom and that Eddie 
if she does, Eddie will be able to fix all this afterwards and starts by immediately going to Mrs. Chen's, which thank God he was there, right? Because where else would she have gone after the fact? And um, she would just went back to Eddie and said, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tapped out, bro. I went, what is it? I went uh, to your apartment. I went to your, your deli. I don't know. I've done do nothing. I'm all out of ideas. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she she notices that um, Venom is cohabitating inside Mrs. Chen's body. And then she, ex, 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 tell me if I'm wrong here. She then begins to flirt with Venom and like yes. compliment him. Yes, 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 yes. She fucking, <laughs> she does the cliche. She does the cliche. Uh, oh, big boy. She's like, <laughs> she, she's like crossing her arms on the desk and she's like, oh, come on, Venom. You know, you're big and bad and strong, Venom. Yeah, Venom. I was like, what is going and on And her here? boyfriend is literally watching her flirt with an Asian woman who has an alien in her. See, he paused, she also promised no aliens. And he still didn't leave her, even though she plainly lied. Well, she didn't lie. She said no aliens. It's the same alien from last time, so I guess it's it's kind of fair. But he but but he is in the right. He's in the right. He's like, you lied to me twice yeah. now. It's like yeah. you're continuing to lie to me. She's making a habit out of it. Um that's enough for Venom to agree to reunite with Brock was just some some human flirting. Uh Cletus and Shriek burned down St. Esther's. Yes. And this was another moment because as they burned down this building. Which we already hear, there's a moment where Mulligan hears on his radio that this is happening, that there's a fire at St. Esther's. But because somebody in Sony thought we were too dumb to realize what was going on, they decide to re-record some ADR to go on top of this scene. So as they're dancing in the fire, you hear uh, Cletus say, I see, I told you I was going to set fire to this place and then she's like yeah you totally did and i'm like but it's so you can't hear the fire in the background their voices are incredibly clear you can see that they're not moving their mouths even though it's only their shadows dancing in the flames maybe just showing them dancing in the flames would have been enough but this is bad go ahead bro what was the other one uh venom there was a scene it was the first scene because it was the I, I finally noticed with the Cletus Cassidy and Shriek scene, but there was a scene earlier where it goes and transitions to another scene with like this establishing shot, and all you hear is Venom talking. Ah, uh, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, did they, are they really? They just added it. Doing- they just added it on top. There was no reason. We no, got but the establishing the thing is, shot is it, of- that's, that is, um, they, uh, filmmakers with no idea of how to make film use that for either tension or character building it's usually exposition right it's usually like well if we say this then you know we don't have to show it so they'll they'll do an adr establishing shot of of a bedroom and then adr would be adr would be like well that you know good thing we just woke up or something (laughs) that's what i'm saying like instead of showing them wake up it it, it it happens you'll get you'll get a shot of a car driving down a desolate highway and you'll get the person in the passenger seat saying, well, at least we stopped for gas. Yeah. Because you're trying to because you're trying to build chemistry with characters without showing that you know how to build chemistry with characters. And how do you build chemistry with characters? 
oh, let's just throw an exposition ADR over an establishing shot. Like, I'm not stupid, guys. I know filmmaking. I'm a fucking film freak. I know filmmaking. You're not going to pull the wool over my eyes. It just felt very heavy. Very, very All of it heavy. felt so forced. The movie felt just so everything that was happening was just forcing me to just it just needs it just needs it. to get to the third act so it just starts connecting dots willy nilly. I understand the insanity. Why would you need to get married? I don't I guess it is what it is. But again, if they would have went through telling that he has this weird relationship with religion, given his family, I think that would have it's another thing like they do the same thing with lex luther you remember him he was just constantly like quoting god and evil and death and prometheus god and stuff. Man. but there was evil. no background in it there was no there there but There's, i guess it what in the comics is lex luther a, ver, a, a religious man no but he also wouldn't be talking about god god and evil and if he, if god's yeah if, i don't think exists, he's all lex good luther would be calling superman a god yeah, he's like, if God is evil, it wouldn't be all good, or he wouldn't be all powerful. One of those two things um, just feels weird. But oh, you're insane is a three letter word that's too small, too big for small minds. Jesus uh, God damn it. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, they planned their wedding and they decided they want three guests to witness it Venom, Eddie, and the cop that shot Shriek. I don't know why the cop who shot Shriek is on the list. I don't know. Well, why. wouldn't the three witnesses be the priest? And tied up in the casket and the cop. Yeah, but the and tied up in the casket is for Eddie. And Eddie's going to bring Venom. So that was the substitution was Anne. <laughs> um, Stupid. But again, I feel like Shriek would have been a lot more angry at that woman. That I told my sister, the headcanon. This is literally what I told her while we were watching the movie. I said, I don't understand why she wants to kill the cop. I guess she wanted to kill that old lady. But because Carnage already did it, she had to like come up with somebody else that, that she could kill. So she was like, and what maybe I don't that understand cop? is you're trying to tell me. Okay, first of all, he's a cop. Yeah. He's a cop named Mulligan. Yep. How many O'Grady's and O'Hara's and, you know, Kowalski's are used in TV movies for cop names. It's like every single cop in a movie is an Irish white man. Yeah. Named McMurphy or some shit. So you're telling me that you recognize a 18, 20 year old fresh out the Academy officer Mulligan 30 years later when he doesn't even look like the same actor that played him. Get and it's funny here. because I don't know if you know this, but a mulligan is also a second chance to perform an action after the first yes, one was is, botched. Yeah, I'll just take a mulligan so, on this one. So yeah. he's literally a mulligan because he botched the whole thing with Streak the first time. Uh, and he's literally a mulligan because now he has these blue eyes that I have no idea what the fuck that he... You're a comic book person more than me. What is, what is, that? What is I will, that? I will get there. I will get there. I got you, boo. Oh, so, thank you so much. I had no idea what that was. I was so confused. <laughs> Anne goes and visits Eddie in their interrogation room, but uses the symbiote to break him out of there. Instead of just giving Eddie the symbiote, for some reason, she was the symbiote and then broke him out of there. I didn't understand that. After oh, a, you know, we need to have that... Uh, that the female Venom. Heart, what's, what, what's, a pe uh, what's her name? She uh, Venom. Name? Oh, uh, a Rescue. Her name is... Re her comic book name in that suit is called Rescue. Yeah. I hate everything. <laughs> I hate everything. But what about she, she, she venom or is it? Yeah. She's a Shiva. Yeah, yeah, but that's also so, man, that's so stupid because it just brings the Deadpool family into my head. Like uh, yeah. Gwenpool yeah. and stuff like she's just a Gwenpool. 
basically. Um, and I guess they dug her so much in the first one that they had to do her again here. I mean, Michelle Williams is actually a talented actress, even though I don't care for her. At one point, she says, like, I'll never do that again. Well, maybe not never. I hated that line. I hated that line. Like, I'm never doing that again. Oh, well, maybe not never. Maybe so I was like, uh, so we're just going to have this weird three-way relationship for this entire series? Is that is that what's... And we're just going to laugh at Dan? Is that the And whole... then, then I'm just go. Yeah, can we stop laughing at guys named Dan, damn it? Damn right. Because we get this cringy apology scene with Venom and Eddie. And Anne. Uh, no, the worst was when Venom is like, I like him. He was useless, and we didn't actually need him this entire time. We could have saved the day without him, but I like him. All that, all that being boasterous to then be pussy when, when he faces off a of carnage. So I don't understand. I don't understand. I, that was actually one of my most hated moments where he's like, oh, wait, he's a red symbiote? Yeah, no, I'm just going. Like, why, why are you pulling the Hulk from Infinity War? That's when, all I saw. And wouldn't it have been interesting if they would have seen this on the news? Or something, and then Venom was like, "Oh no! In our, on our planet, the red ones are the most unhinged, or the most murderous, and the most dangerous." It's not a thing. It's not a thing. No, it's not a thing. But why would else would he be scared of a red one? Why was Venom ever once scared of Carnage? Not that, not to my knowledge. I could see him being intimidated in the fact that, like, oh, this is going to be a big fight. Like, this is going to be. Intimidation is one thing. I I understand that, of course. But I mean, like, straight pissing my pants fear? I was watching, uh, I've read, when you read uh, Maximum Carnage, Venom wants to whoop Carnage's ass. The whole, the whole thing. You. And on several Thank occasions you. tries Thank to you. kill him, but Spider-Man stops him. But wants to, like, beat on him. Like, like whoop on him. Like, literally beat him to a pulp within the yeah. inch of his life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, no. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I that's all I needed because that damn scene, and I don't mean to yell, but that damn scene where he's like, oh no, he's a red one. Yeah, Eddie, you're on your own here. What are you how did you make Venom a pussy? All of this was for this. Was he only there because he thought he was gonna fight a regular human man? I guess. I thought he was just gonna eat a regular person, but is Carnage not been on the news? Does Venom or Eddie not watch the news? Did Ven- did Eddie not fill Venom in? Well, there's this weird, there's this weird heavy-handed exposition where they keep alluding to the fact that everywhere, uh, sorry, everywhere that Cletus is, there's a monster, a monster shows up, and so I thought what they were alluding to was they were trying to get Eddie tricked into thinking that Venom has teamed up with Cletus, you know. And maybe that would have been a more interesting story. Maybe now that I think about it, maybe there should have been a part where, let's say, they have that argument, and then the next time you see Cletus, Venom just goes on Cletus, then decides after a while he doesn't want to do it anymore, but leaves some behind. You know, that would have worked in my. That would have been a better, better build up to Cletus getting the symbiote. Like you know, the symbiote leaves Eddie and then goes to Venom. And Venom's like, nope, wait, actually, let's go back to Eddie. This is a better person. And this and guy's ridiculous like, and wants to I kill. I want that back. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and takes a bit of it or, or you know, there's a bit of it left over. And then... They did it better in Spider-Man 3, and I will sit here and say <laughs> that. They did that shit I just wish I just wish he looked better, man. It's still the same. It's still the same fundamental misunderstanding by Sony. In Spider-Man 3, Venom is just black Spider-Man, and in this, Carnage is just red Venom. Yes. There's, there's yes, nothing yes, else. Yes, like, yes, I remember, yes. I remember Venom's, Venom's aesthetic being, I'm sorry, Carnage's aesthetic being that he was a bit more gangly than than uh 
Venom. No, but yeah, Cletus Cassie is supposed to be like this six foot two, 80 pounds soaking wet, crazy redheaded fucking guy. He's supposed to be young. He's supposed to be in his 20s. Yeah. Weird. He's not supposed to be 50 year old chicken hawk fucking Woody Harrelson speaking with a goddamn foghorn <laughs> leghorn accent. Chicken hawk. <laughs> Like, I so, can't take it no more. Mulligan goes in route to Eddie's location. Here's another funny moment. Mulligan's in route, right? What does he see, Dan, when he's when he gets to Eddie's location? Do you remember? He sees Cletus just standing there. So he parks uh, his yeah. car, opens the door, and runs. Oh, and he's two he's feet. Like, Stop, Cletus! He runs. Like, he runs ten inches. He runs from the door of his car to the front of his car. Yeah, I looked at ridiculous. my sister and went, why did he just do that? <laughs> why did he just... You put your hands up. Put your hands up. Right. Which hands? So, boom. Uh, Cletus transforms into Carnage, apprehends the officer. Shriek herself goes to Brock's home. Now she's in full mustache twirling villain mode. She's just... She's talking to herself. She has a mink, I think. Uh, I think she does have a mink. Uh, after seeing a picture of Anne, she decides that she would be a good bait to lure Eddie and Venom in. She kidnaps her, even though the whole plan was to get her out of the house. Uh, but she kidnaps her and with Mulligan until they told their twisted red wedding in a cathedral. Uh, we get a pull-out shot of the cathedral. We get that song that you love so much from uh, The Big Lebowski. I roll my eyes. I say Dan's going to hate all of this. Nope. Yep. No. Yep. As soon as you get that fucking shot of the church and you're I'm like oh my god what makes a man Mr. Brock I'm like oh boy I hated go. I hated that they I can't believe they used that this is song. gonna be the new Barracuda this is yes. gonna be the new <laughs> this is gonna be the new you know uh, I'm just a girl it's gonna be like if you want to add gravitas or a weird sense of twisted, you know, uh, weight. You're right. Everything, you're just gonna, they're right. just going to do this song now. That's just where, where when, it's at now. When you're right, you're right. And I will tell you, that's going to be the new psychotic, bombastic, and yeah. final battle song. You're just going to get that. Do you know what that song is called by any chance? I'd like to look up like its usages. <laughs> um, let me see. If I could, the, the only way I could fuck it, I think I have it on my phone somewhere, but I wouldn't even be able to begin to tell you. Song in Big Lebowski. I just looked up Venom 2 soundtrack. It's got to be something like in Latin or something, I'm assuming. I don't see a track listing here. Nope. What the hell? So, what the hell is the point of that? Uh, oh, uh, mom's mom spaghetti. <laughs> Good old mom spaghetti. Isn't it? Isn't there like a website that tells you the songs in the in a movie? Yep, like it's that? called Song Find, and that's exactly where I am. Huh. I'm on Song Find right now. Any 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 bites there? Hotel California. Man, Venom. Oh, no, just, that's actually just a real fucking. So I'm on Tune Find. That's what it was. Tune Find. Uh, Eddie draws. Nope, nope, nope. Get Shriek. Venom needs food. The Great Escape. It's all the same people, seemingly. Unholy matrimony. No, I don't see it at all. It's all uh, the same. It's something like big. Like it's, it's 
Did you look up? You looked at the Big Lebowski, right? So you have oh, a brain, like, a better. It is. It's the Slavic Philharmonic Orchestra and Daniel Nazareth. What's the song title? Pictures at an exhibition, Night on Bear Mountain, in steeples of Central Asia. Polo what? Polo. That's the name of the song. That's what. It, that's what it looks like. Okay. 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 It says it's it's, it's like ten different pieces. Uh, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. They don't have a thing of its uses, but that's going to be a whole other thing. Uh, it's right. hilarious. Was <laughs> that's what it was. I remember now. It is the the Slavic Philharmonic, but it's Requiem in D minor. That's the name of the song. Requiem in D minor by the Slavic Philharmonic Orchestra. Requiem in D minor. Mozart's uh, uh, thing in music. Um, yeah. I, it says Eyes Wide Shut. I don't know if it's the same thing. Alien. No, because no, Eyes Wide Shut starts with, with um a song that goes. What's the uh? This is uh Requiem in D minor. Yep, Mozart. It's Requiem in D minor by Mozart. Okay, so Requiem. It says okay. Uh, under suspicion. I've never seen that before. But yeah, you. This song has been used all willy nilly. I'm pretty sure there's a there's a. uh, Okay, hold on. Maybe, 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 maybe. Modern completions, other recordings, scores. It's it's a well it's a well used trope. I'm pretty sure if we yeah, like, down, that's we what it is. I'm pretty sure yeah, we could like, find it. You know, if a uh, thing, but this was a bit of a last minute uh, research. But I've yeah. heard it in a few movies. I've heard it used in a few movies. I feel like, so like it wasn't it in wasn't it when Watchmen as well, the, the show. I feel I like there was a moment so. of it being in Watchmen the show. Um, I think I think so. I don't even think you're wrong on there. So it's a, it ha- it's happened a lot, and we and since we watched the Big Lebowski together, it's always been a joke whenever it happens. You know, what real men cry. I always go to that one. You always go to <laughs> grown your men also. Strong men, strong men strong also men cry. also cry. The best is the best is Philip Seymour Hoffman with that puffed up lip, like he's like yeah. aching, crying, and then he just breaks and goes straight into giving away the fucking ransom note. Yeah. Well, let's stop talking about a good movie and let's get back on. Let's finish this one up. I forgot we were had to do something. I thought we were just hanging out. <laughs> uh, so we get a pull out shot of the cathedral with Requiem in D minor. Shriek's jet black wedding dress, a priest being held against his will, and the groom Cletus Cassie loving all of this in his garish suit. Uh, their nuptials are interrupted by Eddie Brock and Venom, but there's a weird cut that happens in this scene. Where he asks her to kiss, the priest says no, he says shut up, then he randomly just tells her that he got the cop for her, and then it cuts. It's like a weird cut. Yeah, because oh, what it was, no, what it was is um, they just started doing the reading of like the vows, and yeah. he, he cuts all that, he's like, no, I got a gift for you, and the priest is like, well, usually gift giving is at the end, and yeah. So yeah, he, he just It was just like just... a weird edit, I guess, point, because you and can then tell he never something even shows her the cop. He just no. says, oh, I got a gift for you. The cop I wanted to kill? Oh, yeah. And then the cop just stays there. He doesn't even show her the proof. No. So and she he, just believes him word to mouth. He could be lying, and she just believes word to mouth. And some of these moments with him and this tendril give me really bad love sausage, mo- like <laughs> nostalgia, and I'm not <laughs> not happy about it, you know? But it, uh, he's got some definite love sausage 
uh, visage going on here with that tender. Oh my god, not uh, love sausage. Love sausage. So their nuptials are interrupted. I said that when Cletus transforms into Carnage, Venom instantly retreats, believing himself to be no match. After some convincing, Venom returns and both sides do battle. And husband Dan shows up to help matters, and Venom saves him before he's decapitated. Barrison. Uh, seem seemingly kills Mulligan with her sonic powers. At one point, she says an eye for an eye. Nothing comes of it. Um, no, she uh, pokes him. She's she's literally saying an eye for an eye while she's jamming her thumb in his eye. Is his eye gone? Nope. So nothing comes of so it. So nothing comes. Of it. <laughs> so nothing comes of it. Um, <laughs> Venom struggles to overpower Carnage, but uh, learns that he and Cassidy are not cohesive as Carnage, and uh, um. And he sees Carnage attack Barrison for using her powers, which Cletus despises dearly. Um, I think the best like scenes were just Carnage repeatedly stabbing through Venom. I thought that was kind of invocative. Like I, it made me like kind of like cringe a bit. Like I, no, I kind of, I kind of did like that when you go to stab through Carnage and like his whole body disappears except for the heart. Like you just literally see the heart in its same place, but he's like missing every stab. But that he's also doing cool. the Iron Spider, uh, you know, uh, kill mode thing with his tendrils. Where he's just stabbing through the heart of Venom and his back and his arms and all that kind of stuff. It seemed pretty gnarly. I did like that effect there. Um, um. Okay, so Venom, like, is there. It, Venom's there. Venom's there, yeah. Venom's <laughs> there in front of Cletus, right? And s- behind him is Shriek. Right. And he says, we need fire and sound and then goes, well, maybe just sound and looks at, uh, you know, shriek. So the whole movie stopped for me and I go, okay, in this moment, she's going to realize that, you know, carnage has gone too far. Eddie has, cause at this point she's already even said, Hey baby, you've gone too far. This is too much. Right. So I'm like, okay, they're setting this up so that she has a change of heart and she helps Eddie win. Nope. And, and Eddie, in his own head, has thought, we need sound. Instead of looking to her and trying to plead with her to, you know, make amends, he punches her. Yep. And knocks her yep. down the, the, the bell tower. Like, <laughs> she literally used her power to stop carnage, and then Venom looks at her and hits her. And she falls down, and I guess in doing so, he she does scream, which is what he wanted her to do. But he never he could have just axed her. I think in that moment, she had already decided in her head that she didn't want to be on well, Carnage's because side because Carnage wanted was to kill be her. Killed by Carnage because right. Carnage Carnage said she uses her powers again, and I'm going to kill her. But instead of teaming up, Eddie just knocks her down, a, knocks her down a shoot, and she falls. And then- then she dies. That's Another it. thing is in the comics, she can use her sonic uh, sound to kind of fly, like Banshee. Yes. Oh, so that's what she was trying to do. I, so thought, I, I thought. I thought so. I thought that's what they were going for. No, I, but instead, okay, in my head, sorry, yeah, go ahead. In my head, when I when I saw that final scene for her, what I thought she was doing was I thought she was going to use the powers to push the bell. Oh. Yes, seemingly that's what it looked like was gonna happen. But again, nothing visual. None of the visual hints lead to anything satisfying because your mind connects the dots. It reminds me of Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad was so good at this. They let your mind connect the dots, and then they they showed you the eventual end of that math. 
you know, like fucking like like season two, for example, down over ABQ 737. Every episode that was opening with that black and white flash forward right outside Walt's house. And then even the last flash forward showed two dead bodies on Walt's driveway. And you're like, whoa, what is going on? I often point to the scene of the plate and crazy eight. Where not oh, a single word is said. Best, Nothing is said. It lets your mind do the math. Nothing is said at all. You see him you see him looking for pieces. You see him missing a piece. you you see his mind wander. You're wondering what he's thinking about. And then you put two and two together. No, but that was that was the best part about that scene was he throws out the plate and then he starts going through the garbage and he's like, wait, what is he doing? And he starts putting the pieces together and you're like, oh shit. The plate broke and a piece must have slid. It's like, oh, fuck. But you do your own math with it. And so here you're like, oh, sound. She does sound. They don't, they both don't like Carnage. They're going to team up. And already said Venom, uh, Carnage on fire. So like. So we're, we're, we're right here, but nope. He knocks her down a bell tower. Her sonic blast causes both symbionts to separate in a very Black Panther-like moment. When, and then that happens throughout this fight with the bell. Yeah, and you hit me up like, was it? Didn't Black Panther have an ending like that? I'm like, yep. The vibranium train that was going through takes away their powers for one split second. It's ridiculous. Um, uh, <sighs> the cathedral collapses in on itself and the falling bell I felt kills. that side. Because we're going to get to the end, and the end is nothing. Uh, the bell falls on um, on Shriek and kills her. Venom saves Brock by bonding with him just before the impact. Carnage tries to bond with Cassidy, but Venom just steps on it and then eats it. Says it doesn't taste and good. And then says that doesn't taste good. Yep. Uh, Cassidy begs Brock to let him live, saying that they, he only wanted Brock to be a friend. And Brock apologizes, but lets Venom decapitate Cassidy. Um, while Brock... Venom, Anne, and Dan escape a still living Mulligan's eyes flash blue. <laughs> what the fuck? What when that happened, fuck? my sister turns to me and goes, what the fuck is that about? And I told her, I don't know. But after a quick Google, I found out that this gentleman, if, I mean, if you want to know, this gentleman. Percy Mulligan. I'm going to call him Percy because his first name is P and I don't know what the P stands for. So I'm going to call him Percy. It's per- Percival. Like Percy. Yeah, Percival. Uh, Percival. No, no, I don't know. No, no, I don't think it's true. No, I don't think that's right. It's probably like Peter or something. I was just saying Percival because I think it's a ridiculous name. I thought you were confirming my fucking genius because I do this too much where I'm just too much of a genius sometimes for my own good. Patrick. He's Patrick. Patrick Gilligan. Percy sounds better. Yeah, it does. So Toxin is his character. Toxin. He's Toxin? Yeah. I know the character Toxin by why like, does why does his eyes why does his eyes turn blue? Because he has White Walker in him. My Game of Thrones fans will know what I'm talking ah, about. There you go. There you go. That makes a lot of sense. And with Kit Harrington showing up in Eternals, I think this is <laughs> connecting a couple oh, and of dots uh, here. Rob Stark. You can't yeah. forget about Rob Stark. There you go. Now we just got to bring in Jean Grey and uh, Wolfsbane. And we'll be we'll have a whole family reunion. But it was very weird for them to do that. That was the most like sequel bait thing possible. And and again, I think I'm a pretty in-depth comic reader and I had to look it up. So what the hell did they expect? You thought they thought people were gonna pop for that? I don't I don't know. It, it seems weird to put that in they there. They really thought no, they really thought people were gonna pop for that. Like the theater was just gonna explode. Listen, I watched this movie at twelve o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. And I had six people in the theater with me. Ain't no one popped for that eye shit. 
Ain't no one even popped for half of this movie. No, That's I true. The, the theater was silent except for the one girl explaining to her friend that none of this happens in comics. Mm. So there's that. It's, it's, so at least, you know, that girl has a good friend. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, so, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, they all leave. Okay, so it really, Brock and Venom decide to take a tropical vacation while they ponder their next steps. That's the end of the film. Yeah. Uh, some indescript Spanish No, we're, we're not we're not being assholes here. That's literally the end of the film, guys. Yeah. That's li- like, and there was a stupid scene, dialogue earlier of Venom talking about he wants to feel his toes in the sun and his hair in the wind. And then the movie ends with Venom crinkling his toes on the hot sand on the beach. Why? Why? Because, George, because. That's it. Just because. Oh, look. I found on here, there's a enter the sweepstakes for your chance to... Uh, get a, a sony prize pack for venom you know what's one of the things the red oh, motorcycle God. helmet now you can kiss my Tell ass me, bro it was they did that for a reason they can kiss my ass so are you ready for the only thing in this worth talking about which is technically and, and not sti- even worth talking and about and i'll about say and still incredibly lazy i said it in i don't know if you heard me when i told you guys about it in the group chat but i was like this is just like doesn't make any <laughs> Sense. No, I. The, what was the first thing that I told you when I left that theater? That end credit scene raped it was lazy. me. Yeah, he said it was lazy. It he was. Said it was, it was yeah. forced. Yeah, yeah. So forced. So, Venom tells Brock about the symbiote's knowledge of other universes, and a blinding light transports them from their hotel room to another room where they watch J. Jonah Jameson reveal Spider-Man's identity as Peter Parker on the television, and Venom remarks that you know he he's interested in in. I guess Spider-Man. And, and then licks the screen. And then in case, the and, and again, in case you didn't get what ha- what happened, somebody else shows up and there's like a funny moment where he's like, why are you in my room? To depict that he has now transported into another universe. I'm not impressed. Womp, I'm, womp. Happy, I'm, I'm happy that, they're, that Spider-Man and Venom are coming together. I'm not impressed at all. I don't really want to see this Venom with our spider-man he's got to do some real big so soul searching you know i want no more in in, I'd in have had, i really would rather have had andrew garfield andrew garfield spider-man world makes so much more sense in the realm of fucking venom that they're giving us yeah and now i'm supposed to just i'm supposed to just, I, I don't i my brain is at a fart because how am i supposed to my just brain accept is this? at a fart <laughs> We all know the origin of Venom. We all know that Spider-Man got the symbiote and yeah. started acting bad and then got rid of the symbiote and the symbiote found its way. To there's, there's one redeeming. You want me, you want me to script doc this? You want me, you want me to see if I, can, if I can find any kind of way to do this right? The movie will still walk with a limp and can't piss right. Yeah, but let me see what I can do. If, if, uh, the symbiote does have knowledge of other universes. Maybe the symbiote has knowledge of a symbiote that died in battle with Peter Parker. Oh, get the fuck! I'm listen, listen, listen. I'm trying. I'm trying here, right? They they did say, they did say <laughs> the hive mind of symbiotes across universes are all connected, right? So maybe the beef would be True. that another Eddie Brock was killed with the Venom symbiote. 
Oh, but but now you're but now you're you're asking me to believe that the that the Sony Studios was so fucking smart that they knew that this was gonna be a multiverse Venom. I mean, they they did it they did it in this at the very least at at least in this they planned for that because that's exactly what he said. He said I I I have knowledge of the multiverse, and then step this is that this movie script was finished before Spider Man 3's trailer was ever even created. But Spider-Man 3, they already knew what was going down in that. And if you, I don't know if you remember, but in Morbius' trailer, we have Vulture. So there's been weird connecting tissue that they've been playing around with for quite some time. And Morbius actually takes place after uh, No Way Home. So I'm assuming by the end of No Way Home, not, all the Spider-Man characters are together. No, you're not wrong in that because Vulture was in the Morbius trailer and it's like... And maybe Mobius that's maybe that's post now. Yeah, maybe that's long? maybe that's post. Th- these movies are coming out in the order that they are on purpose. So maybe the Morbius is post everything being pushed. So then back they together. would have to go back and fix Mobius because Mobius was supposed to be out in 2019 before pandemic even happened. But I think the same thing with Venom too. I think Venom two was supposed to be out last year because it was in our 2020. It was in our 2020. Yes, because you. I, no, you read Lethal Protector for the first Venom movie. Never yes. mind. Yeah, but it was on. Our, it was in our 2020 uh, most anticipated films, and it ended up not coming out. So it was with that in Black Widow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's right. It was that in Black Widow. So yeah, you know they have been that you're mad because you think that they kind of stumbled into this multiverse thing. I'm mad because I think that they didn't. They've been working on it for longer, and this was the no, best they could do. and you're right. This was the best you could do? What the fuck? What the fuck? I will give goddamn CW Crisis more credit than this. Look at, look at Flash and Supergirl. They found a way to get them on the same earth, and that made sense. Oh, and and, and he, not only did it make sense, but it was so badass of Flash's powers that this man ran so fast he ran into another multiverse. Yeah. That is badassery. But they but just come here, up with symbiotes, just no other multiverses. And at the same exact time, at the same exact time, uh, they get transported. And now they're all on the same Earth. Oh, but come on. But that's so stupid because now that's the more lun of it all. And the Inheritors. Where the yeah, Inheritors. So- that they what do you- only don't go to 626 Earth. They will go to any Earth and eat and kill any Spider-Man, but every inheritor stays away from 626. Because that's the only 616. 616. Because that's the only Spider-Man that can beat them. Well, talk to me about what you think this means. Well, talk to me about what you think Venom's inclusion into possibly uh No Way Home is. What do you okay, think? So what do you think? Go- All right, so if we're gonna script doctor this that sony and marvel mcu that they've been like you know secretly working together this whole time they've been at the table since i think the moment that sony almost got spider-man back yes okay so if we're gonna go off of there because from going off of there venom 2 is now pushed mobius is now pushed no way home is gonna be something no black cat movie remember that black cat and silver sable that's off the off the reservation yeah so if they've been doing this since the beginning i'm now I guess it helps a little bit except this Venom because this Venom did speak a lot in the first movie about how he's a loser. And of yeah. all the symbiotes to exist, he's a loser. And if that's the case, then he must have the hive mind knowledge of the Venom of 616 always losing to Parker and then being being beaten so bad he had to become a good guy. 
I would like if he if they did like some kind of scan or whatever, or he sees if if Tobey Maguire is in it, wouldn't it be cool if he sees that? And then Venom just like wigs out. He's like, I'm getting this weird feeling. You know, I feel like I've met this man before. <laughs> you oh know, my God, no knowledge. wonder why he's calling himself a loser. Because of the hive mind, the only 616 Venom that we truly have is Topher Grace. That's what I'm saying. So like if he if he's like, this this one has killed one of our kind before or something like that. Or done battle or he, you know, he feels familiar or something like that. And maybe, but again, yeah. that's a lot of stretching. That's Reed Richards stretching, in my opinion. It's it's Elastigirl stretching. It's fucking. It's it's Rita. It's Rita Far stretching. Yeah, I love Rita Far. I love Rita Far. Are you you ready to put this to bed? Can can we tuck this in? Give it some chocolate milk and go go have fun. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for uh, checking this out. I I, thank you guys for allowing me to just be pissed off for two hours. I think eventually when I do get you down here or I end up going over there, we got to do Venom One as a commentary track. I'm ready to, oh, oh, to just oh, get in there and to get in there and do that. But I want to thank all of you guys for listening to this uh, thing. Um, this wasn't fun for some of us to watch and maybe you loved it. And if you did, I hope that you're able to share what you think are the best moments of this to us. But I'm also kind of tainted with it. I won't even lie because the very first Venom movie that I saw, I saw with my ex, my big ex. So this is the second Venom movie I'm seeing three years later now um, or two years later or whatever. Just by myself i like but i was also very tired because yeah. i work six days a week fans i work 43 and right after we i've been contemplating right after we end here i might go to work i don't know right because i did call up but i might just show up for a few hours right so i work a lot so for me to just have to wake up early in the morning for a matinee showing knowing that i gotta go to work at five mm-hmm. like i literally left the venom theaters went home grabbed my clothes and went straight to work from there Right. So, like, I guess and my, you had to my stew enjoy- on that the entire time. <laughs> my enjoyment of it was very much, I guess, if this was a Dan of, if this was 21 year old Dan, I probably would have walked out of this movie loving Cletus Cassidy even more. I probably would have adapted some of the personalities of these characters. But with a lot of what I had to go through yesterday of being half asleep and, and wanting to just sleep in, yeah, yeah man, guys, I, I paid theater money. I could have slept in and watched this on bootleg, but, but I but, didn't. Yeah, let us know what your experiences was if you dug this. Please maybe do. it was your company, Email maybe us. it was your background. Please convince me. I, I don't like to like to like to hate these movies. I, I want to find a fan that literally names this their favorite comic book movie of all time to email us and tell us why we're both wrong. 100% and we wouldn't make fun of you or anything. I just want another person's perspective. So if you did dig this movie, let me know why. I didn't hate it as much as Dan, but... I agree with Dan. I think Dan's biggest uh, issue is that if you don't have anything to say, don't make it. You know, uh-huh. and so this doesn't yes. this doesn't say anything. This is a this is a rare occasion of a post credit scene that needed a movie instead of a movie that needed a post credit scene. And so yeah. and so this is what we get. We get seemingly a filler episode that then connects with the cliffhanger. And it's kind of two weeks in a row now for me that I'm like watching these and it's like, I'm going to say what I said about Iron Fist. This is one of the most least comic book adaptations I've ever seen. Now, nothing, nothing will ever be to the level of Iron Fist. Iron Fist is literally not a comic book adaptation. No one can convince me otherwise that that is not just its own regular show that exists outside the world of comic books. Because when I watch Iron Fist, nothing about that gives me 
even the slightest comic book vibes. But this is one of the most least comic book adaptations I have ever watched. And yeah, if you have nothing to say, don't say anything because that's the worst part. The worst part about this movie is it did nothing for an hour and a half. It did nothing. It went nowhere. There's no progression in that. The, in, that in post credit could have been a shot in the trailer for No Way Home or something. <laughs> that post credit scene could have been a post credit scene for for uh, Far From Home. Give us yeah. two post credit scenes. Give us one post credit scene of the J. Jonah Jameson and everybody knowing. Yo, you're not. You're actually not lying at all. That totally could have been, and it would have been better. Am I wrong? No, you could have You could have zoomed in on the beach. You could have zoomed in on the little bungalow. Went in, heard Venom's voice, been like, "Oh shit, what does this have to do with anything?" And then, yeah. And it would have been right after Venom won. Yeah, and you wouldn't have to explain anything. You just explain it in No Way Home. Or you can explain it in Venom Two. Yeah. And then make Venom 2 about how the symbiote knows that there's other multiverses and Eddie, there's actually been things that I haven't told you and there's actually more of this and this and that and we have ways to transfer our powers. And Oh, imagine, imagine there's a case almost like the Doctor Strange in What If where every time Venom, uh, you know, Venom in the multiverse faces off against Spider-Man, it ends bad. So there's like this whole, there's like this anger of the in the symbiote towards this any Spider-Man because it's just like an instinctual like yes. cats, cats and dogs kind of kind of situation. And now you have your end credit scene. You have Venom seeing Peter Parker's Spider-Man, and his words could be, "Finally, I found you," or "We yeah. meet again, young Parker." Some yeah. something something, but no, no. You could have spent this whole movie. Talking about the setting up things, at least yeah. setting up something, set up something. But you waited for your mid-credit scene to set up something that has nothing to do with even your movie now, right? Another franchise of another studio of another character. Oh, and just and just sliding in the idea of of multiversal knowledge, like just the idea that oh yeah, by the way, I can also tap into the multiverse. You want to see? Like that was very weird. I was like, what? <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah, no. Like, All right. Uh, that is now the fourth show or fifth show now or fifth thing now in comic books in 2021 that it's about multiverse. Yeah, One, the bus in the door open. This. The flash. What like all of this is just as far from home. I'm, uh, no way home. All of the, why is 2021 just talking about multiverses? Like CW capped off 2020 in December with the crisis. And then the rest of 2021 was Marvel saying, you know what? We can do it. But better. They did the damn fucking uh, Pedro Pascal meme. Your multiverse idea could be good, but it could be better. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. All right, people. Join, uh, join us next week as we talk What If. Uh, Claudius Maximus is going to be on the episode. He hasn't been around for quite some time. I'm excited to chat with him about and that. Speaking of what ifs or not speaking of what ifs, what if something was to come your way fans what if there what if? was a new series to come your way especially after we have the wonderful george reacting to superman and lois Damn which right. if none of you have seen please do get emotional please out there b i'm getting emotional this, this man's thumbnails alone should be enough to sell you because i he knows everyone knows i watch reactions reactions is my literal bread and butter i love it so this man knows what he is doing, and whoever you are paying to edit your thumbnails and videos, 
They know. Oh, I do the thumbnails. They do the videos. Oh, you do the thumbnails? Yeah. You know what you're doing. And this guy, fans, I'm telling you, what if reactions become a CBC thing? But there's only one way to find out if that is actually going to become a CBC thing, and that's to go to comicbookclick.com, which is the one stop for everything that we do with Comic Book Click, including every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast, which while we have already surpassed 200 episodes, we have not surpassed 200 issues. I believe this is 197, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, yeah, because annuals and specials. Yeah, because of, yeah. because of annuals and specials, yep. So, you know, get ready for the I can actually tell you right home. now because of my podcast app because for some reason it likes to differentiate issues yeah. and episodes. So This we is 198. Maxim, uh, right now, as of Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, we would be at episode 203, but we would be at, yes, 198. 198. So, we're, we're, so this yeah. is episode 203. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This is why. Episode 200 will be tackling one of my favorite stories slash characters. Uh, we will be tackling Batman Under the Hood to get ready for Titans. So that will be episode 200. Yes. I love Jason Todd. Uh, it's my jam. Oh, so he's, a, he's a Jason Todd fanatic. I dressed up as Jason, Jason Todd, Todd for Comic-Con. So with the with the crowbar and everything, yeah. So I, that's my jam. So next week, yeah. It will but be you what also if. did Death Storm Batman from you don't like. So to be fair, I did it from a from uh actually a comic up. I did. I, I did it from a comic I did that was then adapted to a movie I didn't. So to be to be fair, that was that was the distinction there. Um, but okay, all right. <laughs> but go go to comicbookclick.com. Check out all of our free stuff. But then consider becoming a patron at patreon.com/slash/cbcclubhouse, and you can do so by going and clicking that support comic book click button as soon as you get there. Once you get there, for as little as three dollars a month, ten cents a day, you can help support us, independent content creators, as we do try our best to come up with new content for you guys the the donation may seem little but i'm telling you guys it helps us afford better hardware better software the edits that need to be done on these videos and it really goes a long put it, way put it to, to you this way guys if five of you was to subscribe for the three dollars for the three dollars a month thing that can help us continue to put our podcast up on podbean that has to yeah. be paid uh, 15 a month yeah 15 dollars a month so like that would totally help us just on the cost of, of putting the episodes out for free which we have no problem doing but we actually want to tackle more stuff and just asking for a, a bit of of support in that aspect but go to comicbookclick.com if you want to see more things instead of listening to a podcast or seeing social media posts if you want to if you want to see more reactions like george's reactions if you want to see more cbc commentary and watch exactly. us watch terrible movies you know like there's so much things that we could do but unfortunately the way the world works it, it will have to be behind a paywall yes but and if I, you love us and if you love the content you will have no problem paying that 10 cents a day yeah, right now, doing anything other than the podcast and a few other projects is a bit costly. So we are keeping that stuff exclusive for those who are willing to help us get to those goals. Um, and if you are, you're part of the click. You are a member of the click. That's how that works. Once you start helping us financially, like you might as well be in on these meetings because you are also going to have a chance to go to Patreon and help us decide some of the stuff we want to tackle, get exclusive access to early episodes of the reaction series and um cbc commentaries like you said earlier we're really trying to do our best our to patreon produce. members is why george had to re-watch man of steel uh, yes exactly and <laughs> so that was a hell that. of a commentary so check that out 
Um, we also want to hear from you guys. So reach out to us at facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also at Major Issue CBC on Twitter, constantly posting, you know, updates to the podcast, uh, comic book news and stuff. I've been a bit dry on social media lately. I've got, I've got some big changes happening in the old life, but we are always there. We, we are diligent and we are hoping to start producing more content across the board. So make sure that you are following us we I, we do have a good following across social media i just want to you know uh add that we are working on you know keeping up with the with the product uh did patreon oh if you want to support us for free rate and review us on itunes it's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't uh when we get five star reviews we end up in other people's recommendations if they're looking for our kind of thing so if you want to help other people find the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media you know rate, you can share us you can tell a friend to tell a friend or you can just rate and review us on itunes and other people will find us organically because of that um, if you love the Venom movie, you probably don't want to do any of that right now, but <laughs> keep, keep listening. Cause odds are your views will align with us some way. And again, whenever we get to a point like this, if your views are sh way stronger than ours, email us your views and we will express them right here on the podcast because odds are somebody else feels the same way. And we want all of our audience to connect with one another. I said all of this pretty fast. I feel like I'm missing something. I did Patreon. I did. Oh, T public. Also, we got merch on there, exclusively designed by me. Go ahead and grab some shirts. Oh uh, man, listen, this guy, this guy has some great merch. And get it while it's hot. Get it while it's there, because yes. sometimes, Disney, oh, sometimes Disney, it could man. be a limited edition. Yes, it is. And then when you have it, you have it forever, baby. You have that CBC shirt that, so that they pull down forever. that love will save limited edition cb shirt that no one else has yeah exactly so get a chance to get yourself something exclusive at tpublic.com um slash comic book click but i think that's all for now oh, i'm you, really you, you put the social media plugs you put yeah. the cbc commentary plugs you put the youtube plug the merch plug sometimes you... when i don't do them in order i feel like i'm missing something but that doesn't seem to be the case i think we're all good on this but what if episodes to know exactly what you're talking about so don't worry i'll help you with anything you forget but what if I am missing something? The only way to find out is to tune into next week's episode where we cover all nine episodes of What If. Check them out. Tell us which ones are your favorite and join us next week on the Major Issues Podcast. But my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am Dan, the comic book man. And this has been our Venom 2 post-credit recap and review. <laughs> <laughs> And remember, whether you have split personalities, are irredeemable, feel like you wasted an hour and a half or have a sonic scream, whether you dig the symbiote, are ready for the multiverse, or just want to see some carnage, don't forget that we are the click. And never forget that you, yes, you are worthy. <laughs>